doctor reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Right, folks, I'm back again, and uh, oh, that's the never ending, is it? I've got to uh, pick myself up, and uh, especially after yesterday, it was uh, that was a tough, tough uh, I'll call that stream, I don't know what to call it loss of a friend, loss of a friend. And you know, during that stream, I think it was Eric in the chat was pointing out that um, Bear Brain. Is literally dancing on the still, still warm body of Davy, and you know. So I thought I didn't look at it yesterday, but I thought I would take a look at it today and just uh, let's let's remind ourselves about who Bear Brain is, uh, what a uh, what a scumbag he is, how much he's um, well the the allusion to putting on the. The sackcloth and ashes of Christianity and, and then being basically a, a bitchy, malignant narcissist. And I want to just have a look at that. There was there was a couple of funny clips um, that I, I saw that someone had dropped in the Discord. So I wanted to play that. And uh, yeah, Fragile Bear. Fragile Bear, like a little bitch, right? Because what what happened? Because Davey called out their fucking unauthorized TV grift. 
right? That they were scamming people for hundreds of thousands and couldn't even get a server together to actually do streaming for years. I think, I think after like three years, they've managed to get to that point. Okay. <laughs> but think, think how much money they fucking scammed for what is a shit tier stream. He put zero fucking effort in. Right, he just he just overlaps shit if he's gonna bring something up on the screen I've noticed and um he's got no no production value whatsoever. Um he plays piano like a fucking homo and that's it. And then and like I say, a lot of it, if you go and watch his bullshit, is to couch himself in uh, that he's God's little little special boy. That's the words he likes to use. He's God's little special boy. And I think that he's, like I say, the, you know, the more I've thought about it, the more I've realized it's they've allowed people like Benjamin, okay, to um, stoke the Internet as they bring in the digital gulag, okay, for information disorder. As he's going around telling people that viruses aren't real, that the world is just a flat, I don't know how he envisages it on the, um, in his mind, but, um, you know, it's obvious he just doesn't understand the basic science or mathematics. It just, oh, it looks flat. It looks flat, so it's got to be right. Fucking moron. Um, uh, so I want to do some SARS neuroscience as well because there was a couple of uh, papers that I've missed as I was sort of writing the um, affidavit. Now, perhaps many of you have seen that the Attorney General for Texas is taking up the case. That is thanks to uh, Richard's um, efforts. Um, like I say, I've submitted my affidavit. Charles will as well. Hope Joanna um, will be doing so as well. And, of course, Andrew Huff, uh, all stepping into the legal breach to fight against the medical tyranny that a useful fucking idiot like Owen Benjamin has allowed to progress because of, what is this, essentially delusional level thinking about how the world works and how, how he's the, he's the, <laughs> he's the all-seeing, all-dancing ass-crack by which, uh, by which he thinks God communicates to to the planet, and um, yeah, uh, pride goeth before a fall, I think. And you know, this. What I would like to do is to drag him to the mat about his science, right? And you know, why did I sort of bring up? bare brain when I started streaming it was because he he amplified Andrew Kaufman right and he's pushed viruses aren't real and again in the current climate where they are beginning to clamp down vigorously and viciously on the internet he was a useful idiot in allowing that to happen right because they've seeded these narratives in Right, so they've got an excuse to come and limit how you interact through, you know, look, it's, uh, it's a human endeavor, the 
internet, I guess, uh, you know, we should we should make sure that it's as um, I hate the word, but meritocratic as possible. Um, viruses are real, but the earth is still flat. <laughs> You're right. It's hollow, not flat. Look, um, I, I think there's plenty we still have to find out about this planet and, um, you know, sort of advanced topology, etc. Um, will have a part, have a say in how we conceptualize what planet's reality actually is. And, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm more than prepared to have uh, decent discussions about. But, you know, his, his level of debate is to scream at the microphone, write a faggoty song, and um, then stand back and get the adulation of the cretins that follow him. Because, like I say, he he drapes himself in the coterie of being uh, a, a a devout Christian, and you know, I, I'll I'll give him the the credit where credits due. And you know, he talks about self sufficiency and getting a family, like I do that there is ways to get round the panopticon, the digital panopticon that they are building around you. And that is um, decentralization as much as possible, making sure that you've got an infrastructure that is able to function in this new world that's coming. And, you know, whereas I try to make everything as open access as uh, as possible you know he wants to uh, you know everything's grift 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 for him money 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 and um that's a shallow individual and bears that would want to sit there and listen to his shit tier takes on uh, complex subjects well you know there's uh there's fools everywhere i guess uh Let's see. Karmadoc says, William Casey, CIA director, 1981 to 87, says, we'll know a disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is a multi-generational war. You had enough? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Never enough, Jidibakshi. Never enough. Let me just say, there's a few people that sent donos yesterday. Um... I'll I'll get into that uh, in a minute. We've um, we've purchased the reef for Davy, and um, playful Paula has um, she's she stepped stepped into stepped up to the plate and done the uh, the business. So um, I will update on that as well. So. Um, God, just uh, I'm still I'm still gutted that he's gone, man. That that this one's going to burn for a long while. Um, he can't even put air in his own tires. His wife has to do it. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna have to get um, Scorpio back on. Um, I've, I'm embarrassed. I'd forgotten his name yesterday when I was. Uh, talking about that particular event but um yeah i'd i'd love to get scorpio on cuz he just had this encyclopedic knowledge of just bare brains fuckery and uh yeah i think the i think the more we air it the the better 
So um, I've got quite a few tabs that I've got lined up. So I'm going to just uh, keep this. This transition is smooth. I'm just going to keep this one up for the week. Uh, I will not let you insert your shit into my body. Um, a crocoism that we can all um, all get behind, I guess. Uh, right. Um, let's see. Shout out to 90s Legends Coterie. I don't know what that means. Owen the Dancing Bear. Yes, I agree. Um... All right, so moving on. So this uh, this is confirmed uh, by Play for Paula. We've purchased the uh, Garden Cross uh, for Davy. Um, the message reads: "Deepest sympathy, missing you, Davy, Kevin, and the raccoons." Um, and I'll try my best to do the stream. I was supposed to stream with. Um, Angry Citizen, Genevieve Berger, Berger, however you say the German name, and talking about uh, signaling uh, RNAs and the work that he's been doing. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And we sort of set up a time and it, it meant me getting up at five o'clock. I went to bed at 8.30 last night and I just slept right through. So apologies to Genevieve. Um, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> We're going to try and do it tomorrow and me getting up at 7 or, or being ready by 7 a.m., which is more realistic as the kids are. Um, no, the kids, the kids are on break at the moment. Right? It's it's golden week in Japan right now. Um, Pyramid 7 says his hardworking homestead life is a facade. Yeah, look, what does he do? He fucking... He's got, I don't know, a bunch of chickens, they have a greenhouse, and that's it. <laughs> and a, a fucking cow to milk. And then he, um, like I say, he, he survives off, you know, he has good numbers, right? And people that are paying him because they think he's legit with respect to being, I, I don't know, a, a, a force for good in terms of um, fighting back against the... Uh, tyranny and uh, it was a uh, curious knuckle with the uh, 50 quid donor bloody hell thank you very much that of course uh, lines up oh you know what I got some new stingers but I don't I don't have them ready to play just now but uh, more more uh, Arab Chad strongmen we will rehabilitate them and uh, but for 50 bucks you get a chemical alley And I, I want to shout out to um, people that sent donos in over the evening. Uh, Moon, MJH, and Zzz. Uh, thank you, thank you. You can have a Saddam trip. Uh, how much is it in American dollars? Uh, to, you know, I think it's about one for one, basically. Whatever. Not, it's not much difference, to tell the truth. So, um, Davey was naturally funny. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a um, down-to-earth look man. And we all we all have demons we've got to fight. And um, his he 
like I said yesterday, he lost a round. He lost a round, and it was a um, catastrophic in in you know that that lapse. And for people to um, you know, like Bear Brain to uh, be ululating uh, at his death, well, for for internet shit posting, what a scumbag! What a fucking scumbag! All right, so um, let's see. Uh, if you've wondered in here and wondered who I am, that's me, Dr. Kevin McCann. I am a legit scientist, renegade scientist now, a dissident scholar, as uh, I try to raise the alert about how how they've gone to war against you. And, you know, the big part, one of the first steps they did was uh, biological warfare. Now comes the digital tyranny as they try to maintain their hold on power. And so I try to speak as forthrightly as possible to current events and the science so that I think that by understanding the science, you can um, better prepare yourselves for you know, but what what could be a potentially uh, human beings as such uh, brutal animals at times that, you know, my concern is that these people are so, so vicious in their clamoring for power that the, the, a global Holodomor might be on the cards or at least something very, very severe aimed at the United States. The, they've got to break the individuality of the united states to um to really march forward and the problem is is that the u.s has uh it's been subverted from within and bear brain is a useful idiot for that subversion so um if you want to stay up to date um and help the stream please go to mccandojo.com and i'll put the link in the chat that and um, there you can find the links that enable me to stay in the fight. And, you know, we've been um, at the... Yeah, we've been... Wait for it. Tip of the spear. Edge of the knife. And I have uh, updates with respect to the PCR. Now, please, everyone, pray that um, we can... Uh, or, or we can follow through. So the Japanese group and professor who recently confirmed the same data as Kevin McKernan, that they were able to find plasmids in the plasmid contamination, SV40 contamination in the vials, contacted me yesterday. Um, I think he was a little confused that I was... Kevin McKernan, a lot of people make that mistake. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm proud to be uh, um, <laughs> at least at least have that link up, and at least I'm on a sort of first name basis with Kevin. Um, and so hopefully it, it will it means that we will be able to do the analysis here with cold chained, sealed, and in date vaccines and. Um, I hope that I'll get an update today on whether that's possible. So I haven't I haven't checked my emails as such yet. So um, please, uh, please, please pray that they want to um, 
they want to help and step into the breach and if if they've done it once hopefully they'll they'll do it again and a couple of non five dollar donos there um you can have a uh, thank you thank you thank you um let's see it's very close spelling yeah it is um and for for asian it's essentially the same, right? Phonetically, it'll sound uh, very, very much the same in in the Japanese mind. So, um, <laughs> Sanjay says he probably thinks all white people are the same. They do, they do, right? And look, I I don't, I've never had a problem, right? Cracking that joke in Japan that you all look the same to me, right? They just laugh and shrug it off, right? They don't mind that bit of casual racism. Uh, <laughs> God bless them for it. God bless them for their casual racism and strong borders and ethno state. It's a uh, it's a ideal that we should be uh, aiming for. Now you know I get it that in somewhere like the New World has probably not such a tenable solution. But uh, you know for for those for those of us that come from cultures that are thousands of years old um we'd like to keep our borders and we'd like to keep our culture and gene lines intact all right so just uh just remind everyone that you can join our discord from mccann dojo uh, if you'd like to get an email for when i go live because it's kind of random i tried to do about this time uh, each day um you can register to be notified uh, by email and you can watch the stream live on mccann dojo while it is live and of course we have um unlike bear brain we got a video and uh, video on demand and streaming platform that uh, does work and uh, is there for everyone to use um, shout out to simon for already archiving a lot of uh, davy's um stuff on there we're gonna we're gonna have a dedicated davy channel um oof, ukraine draft of so i'm gonna i'm gonna be um looking at um some of the news from around ukraine as well in this stream just to try and keep ahead of the um global events right so we're we're in global changing times so it's important to um stay abreast all right so let's get into bear brain and uh what he's done and um here he is the smug twat yesterday on uh hearing the news that uh davy has passed away yeah it's been so lonely without Dave. He plays homos play fucking piano. Davy Croco, I'm only joking. I'm glad he's dead. It's been seven hours since I squared it on a ficus plant, and my posture is getting bad. Oh, David, my posture. Uh, Ugh, is that who we're talking about? I fucking can't stand it. I'm burying it. You know, you guys know I buried the hatchet with uh, Gavin. I'll bury the hatchet with Sam Tripoli. Everyone knows they should bury the hatchet with me. All my enemies have a funny way of dropping dead. Did they? 
I'm still here, Bear Brain, and uh, you won't step onto the mat with me because I'll rip you to pieces when it comes to the science that you pushed. Viruses aren't fucking real. I'll, I'll take you a fucking part. But you won't dare. You'll just you'll just keep hiding in your little hideout in Idaho and behind your little coterie of lick spittles that follow you. But no, there's no way that you would dare ever speak to someone that's actually qualified to deal in the scientific matters at hand. Like I said, you are a useful idiot for the digital totalitarians that are coming for everyone right now. You aided and helped them. At the start of the war getting hot, you fucking cretin. Something to think about. If you have kids, you might not want to be my enemy. Yeah, you know what? I got three kids, thanks very much, Owen. And I'm going to be your fucking enemy. How about that? Huh? And I say, <laughs> you make out that you're so tough and you're so... <laughs> Just come on, try. Try. And like I say to all the bears that would be watching and uh, he hasn't got the fucking balls to come and try and discuss the actual science with me. No way, no how. Never! He's, he's a Hollywood pedo, closet homo dipshit. That, like I say, if you're paying money to that wank stain, you're just a, you're a useful idiot too. Owen can't even mow his own yard. <laughs> Replay the clip. Yeah. It's been so lonely without Davy Croco. I'm only joking. I'm glad he's dead. It's been seven hours since I squared it on a ficus plant. And my posture is getting bad. Oh, Jesus, my posture! Uh, Ugh, is that who we're talking about? I fucking can't stand I'm burying it. You know, you guys know I buried the hatchet with uh, Gavin. I'll bury the hatchet with Sam Tripoli. Everyone knows they should bury the hatchet with me. All my enemies have a funny way of dropping dead. Something to think about. If you have kids, you might not want to be my enemy. I don't do it. It's not a threat. It's just my enemies just keep dying. Which... <laughs> What's this uh, big long list of uh, enemies that God has smited for Owen? This... Uh... <laughs> what a weird fucking flex, man. And uh, he should hang his head in fucking shame, right? And look, what did what did Davey do? He literally he literally just called him out on the fact that they were running this scam, which was essentially a Vimeo embed, right? On on a what they were calling an independent streaming platform with their own servers, etc. And uh, it was it was a scam of uh, monumental seediness. And um, <laughs> Davey, Davey called him out on it. And fair play to Davey for doing it. Because you know what? It, it actually did convince and showed people what a lying piece of shit Owen is. And there's, there's Owen telling people that, uh, oh yeah, if you've got kids, uh, be careful. 
Be careful saying anything about bear brain. <laughs> Jehovah gonna go and strike you down. I say fuck you, bear brain. And if you've if you've actually got any spine, which I don't think you do, looking at you, you fucking look like you've got Cushing's syndrome with your slouch posture and your flabby tits. I say, I say, come and come and actually try and debate the science that you've you pushed onto people to make them to make them be part of the problem reaction solution to what it is that we're dealing with in this current environment. Owen looks awful. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, let's see. What's that? I'm having to hold back because the mods will spew my comment. Um, go comment on uh, Discord, bro. <laughs> Do it there. Or on... Uh, uh, I don't have the chat activated for those that are watching on... Um, WTYL, but um, anyway, let's. Uh, this was this. It's four minutes. I'm gonna play this, and <laughs> this about sums up what a bitch Owen is, right? I don't know if this barricade garage. I've, I've seen a few uh, clips from him before. I don't really know who it is, but I saw this in the Discord, and I thought it was pretty funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, the ghetto bleak speak for me on uh, this particular instance. Um, he looks fat. Yeah, he does look fucking fat, and um, <laughs> he he wants to be careful about uh, as you would say <laughs> poking karma in such a way when uh, you're walking around with essentially a double D fucking pair of titties hanging off your chest. Yeah, it might be you pushing up daisies, Owen, and the way that you spurg and the cortisol levels that you uh, drag around with you because you are such a malignant narcissist. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't put it, uh, I don't put it past you not lasting more than uh, five, ten years. Your kids will be fatherless. How about that? Uh, let's listen to uh, Moobs. Yeah, Moobs doesn't cover the. Uh, what bear brain has you just a bitch and i lost respect for you you let your emotions run you these are bitch made traits you're like 55 years old still acting like this your father stole money from your mom to pay the people that was trying to blackmail him which is let's uh let's think about that we'll talk about that for a little bit that's right owen's father right the degenerate homo was stealing money from his own mother, right, to pay off, to pay off the twinks and <laughs> little rent boys that he was paying for homo sex. What a fucking shameful family. It's probably where you learned that behavior from. Joe Rogan was your alpha. Your brother was your alpha. Steven Crowder was your alpha. You just a boy looking for a father. Your dad a bitch and you the son of a whore. Don't take it personal, I'm a comedian. My dad was in my life. You, I don't know about you, you were raised by two moms. <laughs> farm, bro. I don't split my own firewood or shovel my own driveway. Dad, my fucking farm. It's not a farm, it's a homestead. He would go in debt if niggas stopped sending him money. 
That nigga talk <laughs> all that shit about North Idaho, and them folk don't even like him up there. They treat on Benjamin like a nigger. His neighbors don't even <laughs> like him. What in the fuck? You just a boy. How the fuck you don't even get respect in your own area? You gotta start some new shit in Missouri. Nah, sell that old shit. Fund the new shit in Missouri yourself. But you're moist. Just fucking Roy Rogers biscuit moist. You don't really know how to work for shit. You just another Hollywood nigga. Never put air in your fucking tire until you were 55. You an old man that can't stop talking about cocks. Fucking ranch raccoon. The good, the true, and the beautiful. Define that. Yeah, you know what? Um, for someone... <laughs> for someone who's, uh, like I say, got, got the reputation for being the closet homo... <laughs> Yeah. the epitome of one um he sure does talk about cocks a lot and squirting and cooming right <laughs> it's uh it's gone look man that's there it's it's uh it's low-hanging fruit if you have to make a gag but that's all he seems able to be to make gags about that's that's the breadth of his comedic skills like i say he's he's low iq he likes to make out that he's smart but he's a low iq shit tier grifter yeah, I don't think supporting getting somebody's channel stricken like that is good, true, and beautiful. I don't think touching dicks with Bobby Lee and Speedos is good, true, and beautiful. I don't think being naked in a hot tub with Steven Crowder is good, true, and beautiful. I don't think taking any type of picture with Ben Shapiro is good, true, or beautiful. You just fucked from the start. Your daddy was a bitch and your mom married him. You get everything you talk about from Paul from Pockets and Ice Age Farmer and uneducated economists and the bears. You don't have an original thought in your head, boy. You fucking basement dwelling bitch. Owen Benjamin was the overgrown retarded child with the club foot that your mama should have kept in the basement. You done picked up your father's homosexuality, boy. Owen Benjamin is 55 years old and has never put air in a fucking tire before. You can't preach masculinity to me. Bertaria is in your hearts. It's in your hearts. <laughs> Suck on this yogurt now. Fucking yo plate. Owen <laughs> crying right now. That's all that big bitch know how to do. He, he cried after the debate with Jim Bob. I'm not even a Trinitarian, but damn, you got embarrassed. And then cried in the stream the next day. I'm very <laughs> close to God because, because I understand things at a sixth grade level. Oh, retarded IEP having ass nigga. And the nerve of your mama to come on the stream and tell the audience that you are actually intelligent. You can't use these big words, Jim Ball. These words you're using are too big. You're soft, son. No amount of kids you have can make up for it. You can't fuck that gay away. Your homosexual <laughs> thoughts is catching up to you. And you lashing out at everybody. Fucking homo. People forget it wasn't just Sodom. It was Sodom and Gomorrah. Owen Benjamin's dad was a Gomorrahmite. The book of Numbers chapter 1 verse 18 says, You are after the house of your father, you fucking Gomorrahmite. You fucking bundle of sticks. You fucking ranch raccoon. You palliated hey. woodpecker. You fucking blue jay that seen this small hat in the shadow, which signifies spring started two weeks ago, ass nigga. I, I know how to farm. I'm a farmer. You have no value whatsoever. Guys, if you people keep talking about me in the live chat, then I won't stream for long because I just get my feelings hurt, even though I'm supposed to be a comedian. Soft-ass <laughs> nigga closing down comment sections. You bitch-made. 
badass, man. Uh, that pick took him apart. <laughs> I would like to talk to that blick. Uh, he sounds based and... Uh... Fucking cheesy to say red peeled nowadays, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, one thing I wanted to um, I responded to Owen's tweet yesterday, and uh, yeah, this is this is how big and fucking tough he is, right? So, uh, in the tweet where he was, well, it's blocked, so you can't see it, but I've got a tweet where you can see it. I said, uh, folks, Owen Benjamin showing the world what a real cunt looks like. Um, why not just keep your quiet, low IQ, shit-tier grifting dullard? And um, this was the tweet. Um, Mersh uh, retweeted it. Uh, it's so weird when people pretend to be sad when terrible people die. I think it's great. If you hated someone when they were alive, why say nice things when they die? Seems very fake. Oh, yeah. Th th there's the Christian man, right? Uh, <laughs> give, forgive your enemies. Treat your enemies like... Uh, <laughs> I get the exact words but love your enemies right love your enemies like your neighbor i think it is and um yeah Marsh is right to point out christian owen benjamin folks what an enlightened wonderful disciple of god for fuck's sakes folks let the dead rest it's a tradition that's almost as old as our opposable thumbs and Marsh is right in this in instance right there even even in vicious wars right that we've got going on right now that the the dead get respected Okay, that prisoner exchanges get respected. Real men <laughs> hold hold levels and have standards, whereas a literal bitch like Owen is there, like I say, ululating and making songs about someone who probably was very much a victim of the chemical warfare, the chemical asymmetric warfare that's being waged against the United States right now. He's too fucking dim to realize that there was so much that did align in terms of wanting to wanting to preserve the United States that he'd he'd rather go off on his narcissistic rants and and play at being uh the I don't know some some type of philosopher stroke scientist and uh, he's he's none of those things he is a shit tier comedian as the guy's saying he plays piano like a fucking homo and that's that's literally all he is and he he goes around and collects chicken uh, eggs from his chickens that's it. That's that's the standard that he's trying to, to set for people. And I, okay, I get it. Have kids. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, you know what? Don't be a faggoty little bitch like fucking Owen Bearbrain Benjamin. <sighs> Mersh makes it fun of the dead and dying, in my opinion. He's big grifting off Davy. I don't know. I mean, look. Uh, I find Mersh funny. Um, Davy was a friend of Mersh, and if he's a friend of uh, Davies, then um, I'll, I'll consider him a friend and ally in this. And like I say, the I don't, I don't want to. I said yesterday, I don't want to get into that sort of um, tit for tat that goes on in that particular corner of the internet. I think it's funny for me to switch off and uh, watch some of it, uh, but you know, a lot of the time I'm having to w work and try trying to stay ahead of the science actually doing legit stuff like you know actual scientific experiments uh writing in affidavits for the attorney general of texas to start bringing charges against the institutions and individuals involved that brought us to this mess whereas what has fucking bare brain done 
Nothing. Nothing. Scam people to buy a little fucking homestead and survive off their super chats and subscriptions to whatever is fucking shitty streaming services. He's like an American Zelensky. <laughs> Mersh is a trans. <laughs> I don't know, run that. Uh, that type of receding hairline comes with uh, comes with too much testosterone. <laughs> I think he's a tranny. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, this is of interest. EU and Japan reject Washington's proposals to ban exports to Russia. Um, I'll read it. It's quick. So an American plan to strengthen its economic war against Russia by banning all exports has not been well received by U.S. allies, according to the Financial Times. The European Union and Japan have pushed back against a trade embargo on Moscow. Last week, Bloomberg News reported Washington would seek to convince members of the group of G7 to end exports to Russia, while the U.S. attempted to isolate Moscow and cripple its economy after the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, we know all this. Washington's new proposal would shift how sanctions against Moscow are enforced. Currently, the U.S. and its allies blacklist particular Russian products, companies and individuals barring Americans from business transactions with the targeted entities. If adopted, the export ban will prohibit all trade with Moscow unless there is an explicit exemption. On Monday, the Financial Times reported that Japan and the EU are refusing to sign on to the plan. Uh, you know, because <laughs> fucking Japan has uh, some, <laughs> some semblance of reality still here. And, you know, they've, I, I think they've done more than enough to uh, support the warmongering of the neocons, the globalist neocons. Uh, China is complicit. I don't know what that means, but... Um, See. Uh, so members of the G7 are open to signing a statement that calls for cracking down on people and businesses that attempt to evade sanctions on Moscow. Earlier this month, two US Treasury officials travelled to Europe and threatened penalties on countries not fully in line with the economic war on Russia. So the fact that Europe is bleeding out anyway, that they've had essentially acts of war committed by the US neocons on their infrastructure... Um, are expected to pay even more. The, the working class in Europe are being squeezed till the pip squeak with respect to energy bills and the same oligarch class is sucking up all the cream. Sucking up all the cream like fat, bare-brained Benjamin does. So, moving on from that... Um, U.S. Ambassador blasts Hungary's call for a ceasefire in Ukraine as cynical. Oh, cynical, trying to sue for peace. Like, we haven't had enough death, blood, misery caused by, essentially, again, these... Well, you know, I, my focus being on the biowarfare aspect, we know that they were funding these laboratories in Ukraine in Ukraine where they were doing next, gen gen next generation biological warfare, which, what does that mean? It means being able to sample from the biome of an environment and make incapacitation agents. That's what that was all about, and pushing it right up against Russia's border. And Russia had been pretty, pretty adamant for decades 
Ukraine isn't joining uh, any of those oligarch clubs. <laughs> not, not whilst they still have breath. So if any sort of overtures to peace, which I think is something that we should be demanding of our politicians and the people who are, again, sucking up the cream like Benji sucks cream out of his fucking goat's teats. They need they need to find a way to wind this back in because we are moving in a existentially dangerous direction. So I think that's all I had to say with respect to uh, Russia. So I want I put in the title of this stream information disorder in Irish information disorder. So this is what's coming for folks. And don't think it's not coming to the United States. You've already got laws on the books in many a state with respect to quote unquote anti-Semitism. Okay, there, there is this special group who doesn't want to be touched, who doesn't want to be criticized. And you want to find out who rules over you, find out who you can't speak about. So uh, Ireland is about to pass one of the most radical hate, hate speech bills yet. Merely possessing hateful material on your devices is enough to face prison time. Not only that, but the burden of proof is shifted to the accused who is expected to prove that they didn't intend to use the material to spread hate. This clause is so radical that even Trotskyite people before profit opposed it as a fragrant violation of civil liberties. And yeah, this is this is a sign of time. Actually, I just got to take this body warmer off. It's getting hot. And again, we're in we're in a scenario where they're beginning to medicalize dissent, information disorder. This is a very very disturbing direction in which. And you know what? That that reminds me that let me just do this. Um, Spartacus put out a tweet yesterday. Um, this right look. Look what they've got planned for you. These headbands measure each student's level of concentration. The information is then directly sent to the teacher's computer and to parents. Classrooms have robots that analyze students' health and engagement levels. Students wear uniforms with chips that track their locations. There are even surveillance cameras that monitor how often students check their phones or yawn during classes. But schools say it wasn't hard for them getting parental consent to enroll kids into what is one of the world's largest experiments in AI education. A program that's supposed to boost students' grades while also feeding powerful algorithms, paying attention. If you're signing your kids up for that, man, you don't deserve kids. You should be inculcating in your children um, individuality. And if that comes at the expense of uh, an A grade in algebra, um, take, take, the, take the loss in the grading. Um, spit out a human being, not a fucking biological robot. And you'll say, oh, God, it's China. It's not coming in. You think it's not coming? <laughs> yeah. 
you think the social control that they've been trialing in China isn't coming for you right now? Have you not paid attention in the last few years as to what's actually fucking happening? Randy says, thank God I went to school when the only tech problem we had was not plugging back in the Chromebooks. Look, man, I went to school where there was one computer in the school. <laughs> That's... That's what we had. And I could I could skip school as much as I want. As long as you went in, signed a register, <laughs> you could fuck off for the rest of the day. And, you know, there's some things that school are is good for for young kids. Right. There's socialization with other kids. I think the you know, the learning to play is, is I think, important. Um, but this this level of. um I'm not even sure what to call it. Um, just desire for control over it, young minds is unnerving. This is, I don't think the Huxley or Orwell imagined anything so disgusting as having kids wearing <laughs> real time EEG devices to feed to the controller at the head of the class. This is fucking unreal. Oh, it says, I think, I remember the first fax machine we got in elementary. I think it was called Teletype. Yeah, there wasn't even like photocopiers and shit. Right, that was... <laughs> I can remember the photocopiers coming in. How did they do... I'm trying to think how they did letters. Yeah, maybe they had a scanner or a printer of some kind. But, yeah, we had... We had none of this shit. And the, the simple fact is it's it's incumbent upon those of us who are um, old enough to have spent, you know, half our lives prior to the emergence of the Internet in, you know, and, you know, when did that really take off? I want to say 2000, if you sort of mark 2000 as the um, real, real launching point. Um, the fax machines and pages. I, I can remember pages being novel technologies. I can remember. I, in fact, I've got clear memories. We used to have a program in the UK. Oh God, it was a science show. It used to be on in the evening. I used to love watching it. Um, and I can I can remember the segment about pages being on there. God, what was that? Tomorrow's World. It was called. And you know that's you're going back seventies. Aides for for that program and pages being a thing. But anyway, um, moving on. So Steve Peters has been called out for uh, some of his BS, uh, which I'm glad to see. And uh, notice a few traits uh, that Steve Steve Peters has that uh, is shared with uh, Bear Brain Owen Benjamin. You show uh, from people passing out before COVID vaccines were available, many of them did not die. Did you include them by mistake or were you deliberately trying to mislead? So here we go, okay. So the, this is an attempt to try to discredit me or the film rather than talking about the millions of people that are dying. Um, you, you do need discrediting though. It's again, this is someone that's being, again, he, he's paid well to ferment the environment in which they can begin to medicalize dissent. And he pushed 
hydras in the vaccines. He pushed graphene, nano discs, etc. And, you know, I had to spend a lot of my time deconstructing and debunking a lot of his BS. Because and the fucking frustrating thing is, is that there are huge problems around this technology and the approach that they're taking. And the waves that these people make make it harder for people like myself to actually um, have uh, point people in the right direction, how to handle the data properly, what they should be looking for. But if millions of people are dying, why didn't you use them as examples? Keontae Johnson collapsed in December 2020 before the vaccines were available. He's still alive and well. He played in the National College Basketball Championship this year. Um, why did you include him in the film? We released a film that has saved millions and millions of lives. You know that. I know that. You've been sent here to discredit it. Uh, you have to look, at, look at him dressing like Trump. Look, he's a virtue signaling little faggot. Again, and, you know, I went on his stream and called out the bimbos that he was pushing. And it, basically he claims that I was the disinformation agent. And watch what he does in Take a minute. That up with God. Look, I gave this platform to God, okay? I'm on a very specific mission. And <laughs> there we go. There we go. People, people that think they're in touch with the... <laughs> higher powers of this world and and invoke the name of god and christianity to run their grifts exactly like bear brain and the thing is there's some fucking dupes especially sorry my american cousins especially in the u.s that just bite down onto this bullshit plays rap song <laughs> i don't want to it's just it's bad enough i've had to sit and watch fucking bear brain for two days in a row and that is to expose lies that are killing people i put several other uh did you see the articles of young kids dropping dead from leukemia days after being diagnosed i have it ready to look at to him the headline actually about a man who died in a car crash in 2017 the American football player, Damar Hamlin, who collapsed after colliding with a fellow player. And when I ask him if he's sorry for the harassment of people like Trisha, his film is inciting. He showed no remorse. As that begins to trend and as that continues to grow, all we're doing is saving more lives. I think that's awesome. But Stu Peters doesn't seem to want to answer any of my direct questions about the film's message, which is miles away from the weight of scientific evidence. And again, it's not like there isn't a discussion and a fight to be had in that space, but there's this, it's a very effective strategy to sort of break off these people like what Bearbrain did by pushing people like Kaufman. Because people who, who would be primed to sort of look at the scientific evidence to push back against the tyranny get taken in by fucking con artists. Ah, what did I have next? Um, well, some good news. Biden admin finally abandons US COVID vaccine travel requirements. Um, that's good to know. Because um, potentially I may have to go. The vaccine requirements will end May 11th. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, it was a free year, free year program, much like spas. Right? That was, I, I think we just had spas 
in real life and um now comes the uh the neurological component which i want to sort of um drill into a little bit more today um what the fuck is that shit just hit the fan across markets regional banks crashing what is that picture though <laughs> what was that projectile vomiting Anyway, uh, the market's crashing, folks, apparently. Again, it bears um, little impact uh, on my life. I don't have any. I don't own one share. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, no. Are we going to have the... Uh, let me just stop that bug before it um, starts filling up the chat with... Congratulations. All right. So let's see. Uh, yeah. So this was sent to me. So this tweet, someone sent this to me, um, Roland. And uh, so case mistaken for leukemia after mRNA COVID-19 vaccine administration case report. I don't think I'm going to spend time looking at the case report, but um there have been a number of uh, these cases and just uh, uh, let me just read the words of uh, tax evading bleak Simon Phoenix um, he's meeting a friend has come to meet him from Canada he lost his brother and if you listen to the uh, the description of what happened to his brother so uh, so it says, so by the way, my mate Pete, his brother died. The dude came over from Canada. He told me what happened. Basically, he was feeling dizzy, started pissing blood, ended up in hospital. They found a very, very low blood B cell count. So sounding like some sort of thrombocytopenia. Um, they thought he may have had leukemia, tried some treatment. Anyway, nothing was working. He ended up just then crashing and passing away. And I'm probably wager in Canada that he was um, vaccinated. And I would imagine, you know, that, again, this is this is where you have to be able to have nuance in your thinking. Is it going to mean it's going to impact everyone the same? No, biology doesn't work like that. But the simple fact is that perhaps these people would still be around if they hadn't been exposed to this new technology. And, you know, the simple fact is as well that it's occurring with the... Uh, the infection as well and we've now mixed up the variables so much that it, it would be virtually impossible to disentangle the causal elements um very few are unvaxxed in canada yeah uh, karma doc says i sold all my stocks and crypto months ago um yeah i, don't, I just don't have any <laughs> let's say i'm a, um as long as i can survive um, I try not to think too much about money, right? As long as, I could, as, long as the roof isn't leaking and uh, the, you know, I don't have any land on which to um, grow stuff or have chickens or anything. Um, I'm, I'm generally pretty content. And, you know, I, I would, well, just becoming a sort of renegade scientist has become a sort of, um well it's taken over my life somewhat but i'm i'm happy in doing this work and i never thought i would be doing this and sort of speaking out in the manner that i am but 
um, here I am. <laughs> you know, I don't go around thinking uh, that I'm uh, <laughs> God. God's set this path for me, and I got it. I can't. I can't do that. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, I just uh, all I can do is just hope that in, I'm giving my dean to Allah, and uh, the uh, he will smile his graces down on me. Uh, so um, more. Um, turbo leukemia this time in a young lad. Um, oh, no sound. Suddenly died. Yeah, the family says he was battling cancer and they had no idea. Ellen, this is just so shocking and so very sad for this family. It is, Sheba. It's hard for any parent to wrap their mind around this heartbreaking story. I mean, one day your son is happy and healthy and playing sports, and then within 24 hours after being rushed to the hospital, he dies of leukemia. He was selfless. He would do anything for anybody. He would befriend anybody, and new kids at school, um, anything he needed. He was there. 16-year-old Kyle Limper had perfect attendance at Penn Treaty High School and dreamed of working for a CSI unit someday. But after playing basketball recently, this perfectly healthy teen told his parents his back hurt. And when the pain did not go away, they took him to urgent care, then Jefferson Hospital. They told me in a couple of days, if he doesn't get better, bring him back. Well, in a couple of days, he couldn't even stand up. Out of, he couldn't even get out of the bed. I had to help him up and stand up, and but he, then he fell right back down to the bed. An ambulance rushed him to St. Christopher's Hospital. Uh, I don't want to. It's all very tragic. And um, again, we keep seeing these reports, and you know they will say, "Oh, it's anecdotal, etc." And um, you know, I I can't dismiss this as being part of the carnage that was uh, unleashed on the planet. And you know, it's terrible that children were actually lined up lined up and given to Moloch um in in this clusterfuck see Razdeem says most of my friends and family stick fingers in their ears as well my father was about the only one and they got him last year with remdemsevir uh and he says no jabber here Never! um hashtag lightning leukemia yeah, keep the roof glued on. I'm trying, man. I've, I've I've had to pay to pay for professionals to fix it. It's a it's a fifty year old concrete flat roof that's just basically rotten. The concrete is rotten, so I've had to pay someone to come and lay fresh concrete on it and seal it up. And uh, please, if you want to if you want to contribute to the dock's roof. Um, I'll I'll take those donuts. Let me just check if uh, anyone is not uh, Ziju today right now. Uh, let's add a couple of five dollar donuts. Um, see if there's any more. Come on. Oh yes, uh, Matthew, you can have. Uh, uh, let me just uh, pull out the. <laughs> see if I can get it going. Uh, the fresh, a fresh drip for you. Uh, and. Uh, let's do this. What a chat. 
Kev, get your fat, fat ass up there and learn how to do a tar job. Um, look, I've I've been up there and I've tried my best to seal it up, and it's it's too much. The concrete it needs fresh concrete being put on it all over the roof, and I don't have the the physical strength <laughs> to be hauling concrete up to the uh, up two stories up a ladder. It was bad enough. Like I had, I have like a little sort of, um, what do you call those things? Sort of over the front door, um, ver not veranda. But um, when when we moved into the house, all that concrete was rotten, and I had to, I had to fix that. And so basically, that meant sort of taking off a layer or, or take it down to like fresh concrete. And I, I sort of made up a cast and carried concrete up that to lay down. And that's basically, I don't know, one by one and a half meters. And that was that was brutal hard work to lay that fresh concrete onto that to stop the, the rot there. And thankfully, the the roof of the house is not in as bad a shape as that um I would call it uh, <laughs> covering over the front door so people don't get wet. And um, there's no there's no way now at my age that I would I would be able to manage to get the consistency of the concrete good enough over such a wide area. And you know maybe tar and what have you um, twitches. Are we still streaming? Uh, let, me, let me check. Um, I've noticed Twitch is playing up lately. The titles are not updating and what have you, but um, it says we're live. Yeah, um, that looks good. Uh, so, yeah, a, a fresh uh, fresh drip for you. And here's the other one. Uh, if someone if someone sends another dono, the doc will play his, uh, his new... His new uh, Arab, Arab Chad strongman drip. Come on, go on, you tight fox. Cough up. <laughs> you know you want to see it. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, do this. Get rid of that. And um, so latest around um, COVID. So Korea is sort of seeing a surge there again. Um, Omicron, and I think well. We're going to look at a paper which, uh, or a headline, which says that you're probably just going to be seeing mini surges all the time rather than big massive waves. And, you know, why Why would Korea be seeing these sharp, sharp increases? Well, the, the issue is that, like Japan, Korea has very, very high vaccination rates. And, you know, that's something that we can look at. Look at that, Japan. Uh, Japan reaching um, fifteen percent excess mortality, and yeah, it starts. Uh, it starts really shooting up. 
when they started jabbing people here. Japan was doing great with respect to COVID until that point. But uh, let's have a look at vaccination rates for Japan and Korea. Vaccine doses. That's not what we wanted. Um, uh, uh, all fully vaccinated. I don't know, you can get, yeah, like a cumulative sum, so 80%. So let's look at uh, Korea, South Korea. So South Korea is actually beating Japan in the, uh, the vaccination stakes, and they're seeing a surge um, take hold in the population again. And, you know, if Gert van den Bosch is right, this is the signature that we would expect to see as the um, as you vaccinate through a during a pandemic that you push the the virus itself towards escape and eventually the it finds its way around all the immune barriers that are put in place and the sad fact is that those that were forced into taking these shots are going to be the ones who are most at risk it doesn't mean that because you've not taken the vaccine that you're not going to be at risk either because like I say the, the virus itself is evolving to get round um, both innate and adaptive immunity so who knows where this uh, where this ends up all right, so moving on. Um, uh, well, um, I'll, I'll briefly mention this. So this this is a relatively recent paper, but uh, what they find is widespread household transmission of SARS-CoV, uh, Omicron variant, uh, and children being the vector in this particular instance. And... Why did I want to bring this up? Because this sort of, again, it's shooting holes in Kui's, um derangement where um, in his mind, in order for there to be continued transmission, they've got to be mass releasing clones, obviously again and again and again. And I don't think that the data supports that in any sense whatsoever. Did they use infective clones to brew up SARS? Yes. Were they were they targeting areas in particular? Again, you have to look at um, what happened to Iran and think to yourself, oh, you know, that was a little bit too convenient. Um, but I don't see anything that negates the idea that we see sustained transmission and adaptation of the agent and it, it just disintegrating as Cooey would predict. Um, sent check tip jar. Oh, right. Let's uh, let's uh, see that. Um, we'll play the. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got to trim it down because it's a bit long. But uh, thank you, thank you very much, Tishbite. Uh, you can have. You can have the other. Uh... <laughs> 
يعني واحد بس بالفدائيين هذول الفدائيين اسوي بالحرم عصابات اقاتل الكره الارضيه كلها. ياس And uh, thank you to Suf for the uh, linking me up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. Oh, I miss uh, I miss that time, man. Where you know it just you know <laughs> that's a raps. It was all so far away, and uh, now now we've had this multi generational war, and it turns out that uh, they were just um, they were just a means to an end, as the the oligarch class were coming to predate on their own citizenry and uh, it was lie after lie after lie all right so let's get to this one what's this one um oh yeah so that's the wavelets um nothing that new there so again um we've got to be looking for signatures of uh insults to population level immunity and um, you have to, again, they may seem like disparate data points, but you've got to be looking at these edge cases to see if there's, if we can find a telltale signal for the potential theoretical impact on the immune system from SARS or gene transfecting its spike protein. Um, let's uh, play this. I haven't watched this, but. I want to play. Um, but brain infections are rising in kids. I don't know why it's not playing. <laughs> Fuck you, CNN. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I've got ghostery on. Oh. No. Well, that's disappointing. The um, CDC is oh. investigating a cluster of serious brain infections, which include pus-filled pockets known as brain abscesses that they, uh, they seem to be growing at an alarming rate. CNN senior medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen is now live with more. Elizabeth, walk us through these symptoms. What are they seeing? Wow, so Carmadoc says, um, I've had nonstop strep in patients for over six months, recurrent strep and resistant strep. Hmm. Yeah, um, like I say, these are these are things that we've got to be looking out for. This is how they wage their war against you. Silent weapons for quiet wars. Yes, doctors in Clark County, Nevada, Boris, were seeing more children than they're used to seeing. This is a pretty unusual event, but they were seeing more. So let's take a look at what the numbers say. So before COVID, they were seeing about... Let me guess, uh, those kids were shit-talking Owen Benjamin. <laughs> God struck him down with a brain abscess. 
four cases of brain abscesses, infections in the brain in children. And then when they looked in 2022, it was 18. So they saw the numbers go up and up during the pandemic. And those numbers, again, still very strong. There's no other documentation of this happening in other places in the U.S. But doctors do in other places are telling CNN sort of anecdotally they're seeing more of these. These are infections that can often start, say, in, in the mouth, maybe sort of the child has a cavity or something like that or a sinus infection, and that can sometimes travel into the brain. Boris? So, Elizabeth, what's causing this? You know, some people have a theory that it's because, you know, for a period of time during COVID, children weren't in school, they weren't being exposed to germs. Uh, that's a bullshit theory. I'm sorry, the immune system just doesn't work like that. This immune debt that they're trying to push around to try and explain all these uh, non-COVID related issues. Sorry, that's uh, don't don't buy into that bollocks. <laughs> way they usually are so now they're sort of their defenses are lower but i've been speaking with experts who say actually one of them said that's bullshit. that was how, what they how they described that theory they're saying you know is it possible sure anything's possible they think that there are other explanations here first of all remember this is just one county this could just be a blip um, but in addition, there could be other things going on. For example, during COVID, maybe children got COVID and then they got these secondary infections. There are all sorts of reasons why this could be happening. Uh, there you go. So, again, it, it's important to, if we're to track environment, um, if, if we're to track what's coming down the or coming over the horizon at us, it's important to be looking out for these um, blips. Um, because, again, they're sort of indicators that the immune system is not working well. And, you know, cast your mind back to a stream I did the uh, the other day. And the... Was it, I, want to, I can't remember which state it was in. I want, I want to say it was New York State, where there, there was a paper mill. And they had 90 employees go down with a, a fungal infection, basically. And that just seems a little odd. And it was a big paper mill with hundreds of employees. So I would imagine that they mandated vaccines in that company. And, you know, maybe if you're an office worker, it, it, your risks are going to be low. But if you're in an environment where there are these potential pathogens, you know, the risk is slightly higher. The, it's enough to tip the balance in that direction that you, you're going to succumb to an infection that you would otherwise be able to fight off. I'd look at the HVAC system. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it depends if they really clustered into one school, but um, it is. It is what it is. So anyway, let's let's get to Parkinson. So remember, folks, I've uh, I find this data point very interesting. This was from a um, it's quite a large study, five thousand six hundred something like that individuals, and what we see is sustained drop in activity. And I've made the point that these are the first signs that you would see experimentally were you inducing Parkinson's and you were taking measures. We take the exact same sort of measures, which is the activity, the amount the monkey is going to move through the cage. And we see a response like this. Well, I say that 
um, you know, the way I did it, it would just go down, 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 down and stay down. Um, here you're seeing people are active, but they're just not as active as before. And um, I'm there's a potential here that we're seeing the prodromal effects of Parkinsonism. Uh, so Parkinsonian like disorders. And, you know, it's funny that we're seeing a push in the public messaging about Parkinson's at the moment. I've played a bunch in the last few weeks and um, much like the, <laughs> the the sick adverts of children dying playing soccer as they were rolling out the vaccines on people, right? Just saying, oh, it's all perfectly natural. <laughs> Just uh, nothing to do with the uh, gene transfection technology or the bio-warfare agents we've, <laughs> we've released into the environment. Get back in your kill box, peon! All right, so, you know, we looked at this paper where um, we could find microgliosis at the midbrain at the level of the substantia nigra pars compactor. I've done a whole bunch of streams in the last few weeks sort of covering uh, this aspect, and I want to delve into it a little more because I came across a paper as I was writing the, uh, the affidavit, and um, I want to take a look at that. So... Um, just a reminder as well that um, one of the primary targets that we s that seems consistent in humans, um, I don't think it's translating from the humanized mice so much, but um, the microglia seem to be a susceptible target. Remember, microglia are your immune cells in the brain, and what do we know? Because of the HIV inserts, that it will attach to the DC sign receptor that immune cells carry and thus the immune cells of your brain become this target, and that becomes a method for incapacitation, and a very, very effective one. Uh, let's see, which wench wants me to look at a paper real quick? I will do that for you, Dal. Type 1 interferons facilitate innate immune control of the opportunistic bacteria Bacoldera conosepatia. Is that how you say that? In macrophage cytosol. Yeah, man. You start messing with interferon, you're going to have lots of problems. And both the, both the pathogen and the gene transfections do that. All right. So I wanted to look at this paper. Now, I don't think I've... I've done this paper. Um, maybe I have, and I've forgotten. But post-COVID-19 Parkinsonism, Parkinson's disease pathogenesis, the exosomal cargo hypothesis. And you know what? I don't have any fluid available right now, so just bear with me whilst I go fill my cup up. I'm going to need it. I'm reading a paper. How long is the paper? Ah. It'll take me a good hour or so of reading, so just just bear with me. Let me get a drink, folks. I'll be back in uh, two secs.
let's uh, let's get it on with this paper. Just uh, uh, the more I think about it, the more I've got a feeling I've done this paper. But yeah, it's good good to uh, go over stuff again. All right, so. As it seems to be more a review, I'll just go straight from the introduction. So Parkinsonism is a clinical syndrome defined by the presence of resting tremor, bradykinesia, rigidity, and postural instability. These motor symptoms characteristically observed in Parkinson's disease, which remains the primary cause of Parkinsonism. So this is an important concept to grasp. So there, there is a clinical difference between classic Parkinson's disease and you can have a Parkinsonism, where you have symptoms that overlap with classical Parkinson's disease, and uh, but the two are different at a clinical and neurological level. And the best example I can give to you for that is, of course, uh, multi-system atrophy, which presents very much like Parkinson's disease itself, but you are unresponsive to um, dopaminergic therapy and intervention. Uh, all right, so let's go on. Uh, Parkinson's is the second most prevalent neurodegenerative disease worldwide after Alzheimer's disease and constitutes a debilitating progressive motor disorder characterized by degeneration of the nigrostriatal dopaminergic pathway. Prevalence of PD is approximately 0.5 to 1% among those 65 to 69 years of age, rising to 3% among persons of 80 years and older. Uh, although PD is generally an idiopathic disorder, so what do they mean by idiopathic? It's just um, the cause is not really known. Right, so you've just developed the syndrome, but it's idiopathic Parkinson's, and um, they can't point to a specific event. Now, you could have um, something like head trauma and then go into Parkinson's or Parkinsonian state, and that, that would then have a causal Parkinson's due to TBI, which is where they'll classify me, basically. All right, so... Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's some indication that there's a genetic component, etc. The incremental loss of dopaminergic neurons in the substantia nigra and sub, uh, substantia nigra piles compactor and striatum is the mechanistic cause of motor manifestations, with 60 to 70% dopaminergic neuron loss required for the appearance of motor symptoms. However, and this is important, prior to motor manifestation onset, patients may display non-motor symptoms such as hyposmia, gastrointestinal dysfunction and sleep disorders. The neuropathological hallmark of PD is the misfolding and aggregation of alpha-synuclein, which is the major protein component of Lewy bodies. Indeed, the formation of alpha-synuclein protein clumps with neural cells triggers the initiation of neurodegeneration processes. And what have we been learning is that alpha-synuclein is essentially acts like a prion protonaceous infectious particle. This is the sort of working hypothesis at the moment. 
PD is a disease of multi-complex etiology involving the interaction of aging, genetics and environmental variables as well as infectious agents such as viral infections. Additionally, there is now a wide range of data to support the existence of viral Parkinsonism which often manifests following recovery from viral infections. Although the precise mechanisms remain unclear, viruses have been implicated as a potential etiological or trigger factors for both PD pathogenesis and viral Parkinsonism. Recent data suggests that the emerging human severe acute respiratory syndrome, or whatever, SARS-CoV-2, responsible for the ongoing pandemic that has already killed more than 6.4 million people worldwide, may be one of these viruses. I think so, and I think the genetic vaccines um, could precipitate the effect as well. On a cellular and molecular level, mitochondrial dysfunction, defective autophagy, oxidative stress and neuroinflammation are all thought to play a role in PD pathogenesis and they are linked to the accumulation and spread of misfolded alpha-synuclein. The prion-like uh, cell-to-cell dissemination of amyloidogenic proteins such as alpha-syn principally refers to the formation and subsequent spread of self-propagating pathological alpha-synuclein aggregates throughout the brain regions and has lately garnered considerable attention in the quest to understand PD pathophysiology. Several in vitro studies both in animals and continuous human cell lines have supported this reminiscent of yet distinct from prion diseases mechanism of misfolded alpha-synuclein. Exosomes, the nano-sized vesicles and masters of intercellular communication have been proposed to serve as an efficient vehicle of transportation for such proteins. Indeed. Um, and it's those vesicles that allow the... You know, so I've, I've mentioned this before, but you can cut the vagus nerve um, for people that have uh, sort of autonomic disorders. And um, these people don't develop Parkinson's. And, um, you know, one of the theories is that the you're trafficking exosomes from within the, the gut up the, uh, up the vagal nerve and into the brain. So, where was I? Yes, so exosomes, the nano-sized vesicles and masters of intracellular communication have been proposed to serve as an efficient vehicle of transportation for such proteins, mainly because they are a priori involved in several homeostatic procedures in the central nervous system, including myelination maintenance, synaptic plasticity, antigen presentation, signal transduction, neurogenesis, and trophic support for neurons. Interestingly, many viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, have been shown to regulate exosomal biogenesis and cargo content upon release from infected host cells. On top of that, findings from our group and others suggest that a virus-manipulated exosomal cargo excuse me, could become a blueprint for disease progression even after complete eradication of the viral agent due to either immune response-related or drug-mediated viral clearance. Since exosomes have a prominent position in pathogenesis and diagnosis of neurodegenerative diseases and are known to be closely linked both to viral infection, establishment in infectious disease progression even after virus erad eradication, we aim in this review to point out and discuss potential exosome-mediated mechanisms that could lead to post-COVID-19 Parkinsonism and PD pathogenesis. Viral infections as triggers for Parkinsonism and PD development. 
So several studies have demonstrated that virus may contribute to the etiology of PD and Parkinsonism, despite the fact that the underlying molecular and cellular mechanisms remain obscure. The first recorded association between viral infection and Parkinsonism was observed during the Spanish flu and the appearance of encephalitis lethargica, an unknown disease with Parkinsonian phenotype in survivors. Major human viruses such as hepatitis C virus, herpes simplex virus, HIV, uh, chickenpox varicella virus, West Nile virus, Japanese encephalitis virus, and Epstein-Barr virus have all been cited as risk factors for PD development or Parkinsonism, notably the role of influenza A virus in the etiology of the transient Parkinsonian phenotype, and in PD development has been documented in several in vivo and especially in vitro studies. A case control study found that an influenza diagnosis was linked to PD development 10 years following infection onset, while influenza A was found post-mortem in the substantia nigra of PD patients. Furthermore, H5N1 infection in a mouse model resulted in Parkinson's phenomenology, sustained microglial activation, there's that mechanism again, and alpha-synuclein aggregation, leading to dopaminergic neuron loss. Similarly, H1N1 infection in mice resulted in persistent microglial activation as a sign of chronic virus-induced neuroinflammation that could potentially lead to neurodegeneration. More recently, another in vitro study has demonstrated that H1N1 replication can directly disrupt protein homeostasis, including alpha-synuclein aggregates in Lund human mesencephalic dopaminergic cells, but failing to regulate TAR DNA binding protein 43 or tau protein. Those results clearly hint at a selective effect of H1N1 virus on alpha syn misfolding. And, you know, again, with, uh, are we finding out anything new here that we haven't discussed already? No. Um, not by a long shot. We've been talking about this for a long time. Um, I just think I think it's important right now because we're entering into that phase, you know, because if there's a corollary with the emergence of uh, encephalitis lethargica after the Spanish flu, um, potentially we're going to see something similar. And potentially because of the actions that they've taken, we're going to see um, even more than we would have where we just dealing with a... Um, pathogen that natural prior prior to synthetic biology having a say uh, in the matter of human affairs the key pathophysiological process by which viruses contribute to parkinsonism uh, remain unclear however direct neural da neuronal damage sustained neuroinflammation cerebral edema due to virus mediated damage of brain endothelium and induction of alpha syn aggregation have all been proposed as crucial neurobiological pathways of viral replication alpha syn has been postulated to be a natural antiviral defense mechanism for neurons this notion was supported by in vivo experiments where West Nile virus uh, infected alpha sign knockout mice showed decreased survival compared to the control group. Additionally, it's been suggested that virus can cause alpha syn aggregation and ligamorization through molecular mimicry mechanisms. Taken together, these observations strongly support the notion that virus-mediated neuronal deposition of pathological alpha syn may induce neurotoxicity and PD pathology. 
The relationship between other members of the human coronaviridae family, such as OC43 and 229E and PD, has previously has been previously described since antibodies against these coronaviruses were found in the cerebral spinal fluid of PD patients. The novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 emerged. Yeah, 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 we'll skip all that bit. Uh, due to in it, its enhanced transmissibility, this unusual coronavirus disease, also known as coronavirus disease 2019, marched fast over the world, constituting a huge public health burden. SARS-CoV-2 spreads via infected secretions such as saliva and respiratory droplets through direct, indirect or close contact with infected. I'm going to skip that. <laughs> Just uh, While symptoms of COVID-19 are primarily systemic or respiratory, several studies demonstrate the presence of a broad spectrum of neuropsychiatric consequences, including anosmia, aguasia, altered consciousness, headache, seizures, paresthesias. And I can attest to that. <laughs> it's true. Several studies have shown that COVID-19-related neurological sequelae might persist long after the acute phase of infection. The term long or post-COVID-19 syndrome refers to a syndrome-related symptoms lasting for more than 12 weeks. These symptoms cannot be explained by an alternative diagnosis and are considered a disability under the Americans with Disability Act. Post-COVID-19 syndrome includes a plethora of neurological manifestations such as fatigue, brain fog, cognitive impairment and olfactory dysfunctions, many of which are also present in PD. Thus, since SARS-CoV-2 shares immunopathological similarities with other viruses linked to Parkinsonisms, such as influenza, and because of COVID-19-related neurological consequences, it's reasonable to suspect that these persistent symptoms might be a prologue to a post-COVID-19 new-onset neurological disease. Um, clinical co-manifestations between SARS and PD to date, only few cases of Parkinson's have been reported in literature following COVID-19 infection. In these studies, the authors speculate a possible causative link between COVID-19 infection and a post-COVID new-onset Parkinsonian phenotype. But they do not address the possibility of prodromal pre-symptomatic PD, which became symptomatic as a result of biological or psychological stress processes, processes associated with COVID-19. In the latter case, SARS-CoV-2 infection could act as a trigger that unmasks an underlying PD phenotype. Yes, it could, as could being gene-transfected with the spike protein. Considering the prevalence of post-COVID-19 syndrome, a multi-center study found that 23 out of 27 PD patients developed post-COVID-19 symptoms, with the most common long-term effects of COVID-19 being the deterioration of motor function and the requirement for increased levodopa daily dose, followed by fatigue, cognitive disturbances, including brain fog and sleep disorders. Probably the clinical symptoms most commonly shared between PD and COVID-19 are gustatory and especially olfactory dysfunctions. Indeed, both olfactory and gustatory impairments are among the earliest non-motor PD features. Surprisingly, these are common early onset symptoms of COVID-19 and it's been observed that hyposmia, anosmia and dysquasia could persist long after viral load decline constituting a key clinical manifestation of the long COVID-19 syndrome. Due to lack of evidence regarding the def definite CNS infiltration, the olfactory route is discussed as a way for SARS-CoV-2 to gain access to the CNS. Indeed, a post-mortem study demonstrated that the highest level of SARS-CoV-2 RNA and spike protein among various brain areas were found in the olfactory mucosal nervous milieu, as well as in the neuroanatomical areas related to the olfactory tract. 
In this regard, the olfactory mucosa could serve as an anatomical bridge for SARS-CoV-2 CNS invasion through axonal transport. Remember, it's worse than that, folks, uh, as we've just seen in the last few weeks, where the bone marrow is acting as a route, or the skull bone marrow is acting as a route for viral particles or spike protein to get into the brain. The Brack hypothesis proposes that Louis bodies are initially found in olfactory structures such as olfactory bulb and then they gradually spread towards the brainstem and ultimately to the cerebral cortex, strengthening scenario that the earliest lesions could develop at non-nigral areas. And this is this is important because the brainstem obviously being so critical for maintaining the autonomic control of vital life functions heart rate breathing um you name it there's a there's a control nucleus for it in the brainstem accordingly beach and colleagues have demonstrated that olfactory bulb constitutes a primary affected area in alpha synucleopathies including pd in fact it was suggested that the extent of alpha synucleopathy in olfactory bulb strongly predicts the neuropathological confirmation of pd and reflects the severity of alpha synucleopathy in other brain regions based on these studies one could hypothesize the olfactory route might pose a way for sars-cov-2 to gain access to the cns where it can modify neuropathological pathways pertinent to pd development excuse me another common pathway pathology shared between PD and COVID-19 is the dysregulation and dysfunction of the gastrointestinal tract. GI symptoms and intestinal inflammation may emerge years before clinical indications of PD become apparent, specifically gastrointestinal dysbiosis. And again, it's very, very interesting that, um, what's her name? Sabine Hazard. Uh, she's the gut specialist. And she did a recent segment where they found that the bifidus bacteria was wiped out after vaccination. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence which would point to SARS being able to act as a bacteriophage. And, you know, this was... Uh, I'll, I'll do it as a paper because... Um, you know, one of these studies which has sort of highlighted the um, quote-unquote venom-like peptides or the homologies in the spike protein, um, they did a study with respect to long COVID and found that their, their bacteria were producing these, uh, these peptide sequences. So you're basically being envenomated via infection of your own gut bacteria. Where was I? Um, specifically, the dorsal motor nucleus of the vagus nerve receives signals from vagal parasympathetic neurons that project to the entire GI system. The DMV is involved in the PD neuroanatomical pathway since a monosynaptic nigro-vagal pathway that connects the substantia nigra pars compactor to the DMV. <laughs> DMV. <laughs> that brings back memories. Um, let's see, just keep up with the chat real quick. Where the hell is Sven been? He'd probably love all this Parkinsonism research that's been emerging. Yeah, you know what? I haven't heard from Sven in a long time, so... I don't know. Um, I think the doc is right. 
Um, I think uh, I bat um, pretty good odds most of the time. Uh, let's see. Uh, anxious Aussie says, so I haven't seen a live live for a while. Good to see you, Anxious. Um, let's see. Uh, Neuro Inflammation, Biomed Central. Uh, thank you, Dal. Um, use WTYL.live, Lamers. Yes. <laughs> Radal says, sexy Sabine Hazan. Um, you know, I'm not too sure how she looks, to tell the truth. I, I can see long hair, can't picture the face much, but... Um, <laughs> just got out of bed, found it on Rumble, look it on WTYL, struggling to find, send a link please. Well, it's not, we're not live? Surely we are. Surely, surely, tax evading bleak hasn't uh <laughs> says we're not live. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there oh yeah, there's the link. There's the link. Got scroll down a couple of places. We've got to sort the layout of uh WTYL out. It's not um I don't like it. Uh let's see. Uh, Saint Nick says, "Envenomated is my next speed metal album." Nice. Um, let's see. I ran that paper through Chatty McSkynet. Um, yeah, I, I don't want a uh, a summary of it. I want to read it line by line. So the the summary paper is not going to um, help me here uh, in this instance. Uh, where is the stream on WTIL? Cannot find it there at all. There it is. Look. Here's the link. McSkynet. Here's the link. Copy. Uh, fix the RSS feed. Do it, apparently. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Paste. All right. There is WTIL link. And... Uh... <laughs> The hundreds and hundreds of dollars I spend per month for five five live viewers on there. <laughs> I don't know how long I can sustain that as a business model, folks. Uh, All right. Uh, in postmortem PD studies, the DMV and the vagus nerve itself are among the most frequently afflicted structures and they constitute principal areas of Lewy body accumulation, even at earliest stages of disease development. In vitro research has shown that pathological alpha-syn may spread from gut to the brain through the vagus nerve, as I was telling you, with DMV being the first area of the brain to be impacted. From there, alpha-syn can spread to other PD brain regions, including SMPC, resulting in dopaminergic neuron loss and the appearance of Parkinsonian phenotype. Interestingly, the vagus nerve has been proposed as a pathway through which SARS-CoV-2 can retrogradely invade the CNS, thus enhancing its neuroinvasiveness. Importantly, other GI manifestations such as diarrhea emerged as a common clinical symptom of COVID-19. Yes, I can attest to that. Or SARS-CoV-2 RNA detection in fecal samples may persist post-infection. And yet, and this plays into the, um, again, the, the ability to infect bacteria. And this phage-like activity is, um, yeah, it's... Uh, very very interesting 
you know, the, the gut brain axis is a big area of research at the moment. Taken together, the above observations suggest that SARS-CoV-2 infection could promote PD development and progression through a virus exerted dysfunction of the GI system. And I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, inflammatory and molecular overlapping pathways. Common inflammatory events unraveling during PD development and observed in the acute phase of SARS-CoV-2 infection as well as after COVID-19 remission may indicate a link between these two disorders. Virus-mediated sustained or aberrant neuroinflammation could be a decisive pathobiological process for the initiation of a neurodegenerative disease such as PD long after recovery from the viral infection. The growing evidence suggests that SARS-CoV-2 induces neuroinflammation, I agree, through its neurotropic, neuroinvasive and neurovirulence effects or even via immune-mediated pathways. SARS-CoV-2 infection also triggers systemic inflammatory response and induces cytokine release. Severe COVID-19 is characterized by a cytokine storm syndrome, which is a major cause of mortality. Several studies have demonstrated that the presence of inflammatory mediators, such as increased levels of pro- and anti-inflammatory interleukins and tumor necrosis factor in the serum of COVID-19 patients. Interestingly, a small prospective observational study had previously found that high levels of interleukin-6 were linked to a higher chance of developing PD. And that's interesting. Eventually, an exacerbated systemic infection can cause a huge release of inflammatory mediators, including cytokines, chemokines and antibodies, could lead to increased blood-brain barrier permeability. Functional and structural integrity of the blood-brain barrier is pivotal in maintaining brain homeostasis. Uh, a neurovascular unit consists of multiple cell types, including brain microvascular, endothelial cells, astrocytes, pericytes, microglia, and neurons, connected together with their extracellular matrix components, and is a rigorous regulator of blood-brain barrier permeability. Uh, so NVU is the neurovascular unit. Disruption has been previously associated with neurodegenerative diseases. In particular, BMVECs constitute an important component of the NVU and are intricately connected, interconnected through tight junction proteins. However, inflammation affects BBB integrity and stability mainly through cytokine-induced degradation of tight junction proteins. SARS-CoV-2-mediated brain endothelial inflammation, upregulation of inflammatory mediators, and most significantly disruption of blood-brain barrier stability have also been observed in human brain microvascular whatever endothelial cells. According to in vitro studies, SARS-CoV-2 has shown to infect human BMVECs and cause a decrease in tight junction protein expression. Furthermore, incubation of human BMVECs with S protein resulted in enhanced ACE2 expression, thereby facilitating viral entry and inducing neuroinflammation. Interesting. When the BBB becomes impaired, pro-inflammatory cytokines and factors, innate uh, immune cells from the periphery and SARS-CoV-2 could possibly pass through and infiltrate the CNS. In that case, the CNS professional immune cells, microglia and astrocytes, may also become activated. Neuroinflammation is then likely to set in fast, uh, leading to elevated production of cytokines, chemokines, reactive oxygen species and secondary messengers. 
Microglia, which are highly susceptible to pro-inflammatory stimuli, are concentrated in areas harboring dopaminergic neurons, making them particularly vulnerable to inflammatory mediators. Interestingly, the S1 subunit of S-protein was found to efficiently trigger neuroinflammation, including microglia activation, release of multiple pro-inflammatory cytokines, and cause behavioral deficits in rats. Consequently, these neuroinflammatory cascades lead to enhanced apoptotic activity, increased ROS levels, mitochondrial dysfunction, and eventually neurodegeneration. And, you know, you've got to think in your mind that neurodegeneration is this multi-step process. The dying of the neural tissue doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? You've got to initiate all the, like I say, these cascades and um, microglia becoming activated and coming in and trying to, um, they think, doing their job. And um, the problem is, is that it can lead to unintended consequences. And, you know, think, think about why um, Charles points out the super antigenic region which is it's an unusual super antigenic region because it it's formed out of the secondary structure of the spike protein it's not just like a single epitope per se and um that overlap and the impact on the brain it's likely to be profound in susceptible individuals and again it's not all individuals that are going to be at risk but a subset and you know the question becomes if you if you get away with minimal impact are you are you just going to forget those that have that have been impacted in a negative fashion either through and like i say it's i would put all this at the doorstep of man and it's not because of our um trekking into bat caves i think this is again consequence of biowarfare programs and the hunt for countermeasures and whether it was deliberate or an accident it doesn't matter at this stage the events have been kicked into play as it were finally cellular senescence is a core homeostatic event that provides yet another age and state dependent substrate for neurodegeneration and development of diseases like alzheimer's and parkinson's cellular senescence in the aging brain affects both neuronal and non-neuronal cells and it's characterized by a broad array of interconnected disruptions such as disruptions in autophagy bioenergetics and mitochondrial dynamics as well as the onset of low-grade inflammation this cumulative array of dysfunction, and again, think, think about this chronic low-grade inflammation. That, I think, is the primary signature of the long hauler ME-CFS state. And I think they weaponize that. They've, you know, they, they've seen a natural phenomenon, right? They've seen like a subset of patients who get Epstein or, get, like, say, they mention flu, etc., get into that state. And I think a lot of effort went into being able to produce that at a, at a mass scale. It's why it's why it makes no sense to gene transfect those peptides. They get everywhere.
The cumulative array of dysfunction culminates in the accumulation of proteopathic seeds, including tau, amyloids, and alpha-synuclein and tissue-wide remodeling. It has been shown that SARS-CoV-2 infection induces immunosenescence and enhances the senescence-associated secretory phenotype in infected tissues via disruption of host antiviral mechanisms such as interferon signaling pathways. Taken together, all the aforementioned studies strongly indicate that COVID-19 cytokine storm and innate immunity dysregulation may cause neuroinflammation and in consequence neurodegeneration. Neuropathological findings in postmortem brain tissue from COVID-19 patients further support the involvement of COVID-19-related neuroinflammatory processes in PD development. Postmortem brain study of 43 COVID-19 patients has shown activation of microglia and CNS infiltration by cytotoxic T lymphocytes, more apparent in the brainstem. Regardless of COVID-19 disease severity, significant inflammatory responses such as astrogliosis, microglia activation and perivascular T lymphocyte infiltration were observed post-mortem in both white and grey matter of patient brains. Performing a single nucleus RNA sequencing and immunohistochemistry on tissue from a group of individuals who died from COVID-19 and a group of individuals who died from other causes, Yang and colleagues revealed glia transcriptomic changes that indicated a COVID-19-associated activation of inflammatory pathways. The ensuing dysregulation of homeostatic pathways could potentially lead to neurodegeneration. Specifically, microglia and astrocytic subpopulations were enriched by inflammatory genes and deregulated neuroprotective ones that had been previously linked to PD and other human neurodegenerative diseases such as the gliofibrillary acidic protein, a favourite GFAP. The interferon-induced transmembrane protein, IFITM3, and others. Another mechanism that may contribute to PD pathogenesis involves the renin-angiotensin system and ACE2, which are implicated in the pathophysiology of COVID-19, may play a role in neuroinflammation-mediated neurodegeneration. ACE2 is highly expressed in several brain areas, including striatum and substantia nigra. Now, uh, ACE2 in striatum. Uh, I won't say it's strongly enriched uh, I'll, I'll 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 come back to that study <laughs> i want to i want to that's another interesting one uh so including striatum substantia nigra the olfactory bulb the brain endothelium induced pluripotent stem cells derived from midbrain dopaminergic neurons were shown to be vulnerable to sars-cov-2 infection in vitro unraveling the potentially direct neurotropic effect of sars-cov-2 in strategic pd areas Furthermore, SARS-CoV-2-induced toll-like receptor overactivation led to ACE2 upregulation and promoted the neurotrophic and neuroinflammatory outcomes of SARS-CoV-2 infection. Toll-like receptors belong to the family of innate immune receptors and play an important role in, inv- in, activation, uh, sorry, in the activation of innate immunity, including activation of glial cells. TLR-mediated stimulation of intracellular signaling pathways culminates in the release of pro-inflammatory mediators such as interleukin-6, interleukin-1, interleukin tumor necrosis factor, and nuclear factor Kappa-B. Protein-coprotein, protein-protein interactions between SARS-CoV-2 protein and toll-like receptor 4 has been previously recorded. SARS-CoV-2-mediated overactivation of the TLRs may lead to hyperinflammation, ACE2 upregulation, and microglia switching from neuroprotective to neurotoxic phenotype. 
Uh, in sequel, sustained gliosis and prolonged neuroinflammation could lead to alpha-synuclein aggregation and finally loss of dopaminergic neurons. Um, let me see, just I'll keep an eye on the chat. Uh, line by line is old school. Yeah, it's old school, but, you know, we do stuff old school sometimes. It's important. Um, that's... People come here to see me go through stuff line by line and to comment on it. So <laughs> that's my uh, that's my little niche in the marketplace. Now, <laughs> not going to let AI just uh, take it away from me. <laughs> Fight to me last breath. <sighs> Let's see. Aside from neuroinflammation, dysregulation of several homeostatic molecular pathways has been identified in PD onset and development. These alterations also occur during host virus interactions as the virus attempts to direct critical cellular infrastructure towards completion of its own life cycle. SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins were shown to post-translationally reconfigure the bio biological function of 24 host proteins expressed in lung. The latter act as perturbators and interact with 44 CNS proteins that are known to be implicated in Parkinson's pathogenesis. Specifically, SARS-CoV-2 mediated deregulation of RAB7A and nucleoporin 62 could be strongly linked in PD pathogenesis because RAB7 lysosomal protein decreases alpha-syn aggregation and associated neurotoxicity while MPU, NUP62 is crucial for autophagosome development. Furthermore, SARS-CoV-2 proteins can interact and bind to a variety of human protein trafficking molecules. Protein trafficking, translation, transcription, and ubiquination regulation are all coordinated by these biomolecules, leading to neuroprotection, protection of blood-brain barrier integrity, and neurogenesis. A recent study demonstrated a direct interaction between SARS-CoV-2 nucleocapsid protein and alpha-synuclein. And again, one of the biggest preanergic signals or prion signals is in the nucleocapsid protein. Get out of the way. Um, uh, this led to aggregation of the ladder into amyloid fibrils, a highly pathogenic form of the protein linked to Parkinson's. Co-administration of SARS-CoV-2 N-protein and alpha-syn to a PD cell model resulted in twice the neuron loss due to neurotoxicity compared to control cells treated with alpha-syn alone. Other important cellular processes implicated in the loss of dopaminergic neurons are thought to be oxidative stress and mitochondrial dysfunction, endoplasmic reticulum stress, and the impairment of protein degradation systems. Key molecular factor in PD development and progression is mitochondrial dysfunction and oxidative stress. An imbalance between ROS generation and cellular antioxidant activity leads to oxidative stress and ROS can further affect mitochondria, attenuating adenosine triphosphate, triphosphate production as well as causing damage to mitochondrial DNA. In addition to causing direct cellular damage, oxidative stress can speed up neuron degeneration by inducing inflammatory or apoptotic pathways such as the NF-kappa-B or caspase activation. In PD studies, mitochondrial dysfunction may occur months before the onset of striatal dopaminergic neuron loss, and PD patients have been well documented to possess reduced or deficient mitochondrial complex 1 activity in substantia nigra pars compactor. And what I would... Um, 
point out is that a lot of these pathways are implicated in cancer as well and you know it's it's dependent upon the person's own unique biology often is how they sort of end up in this sort of end of life disease state and you know again you know go and find a specialist in cancer if you want someone to speak towards cancer i like to speak towards the neuroscience component but there's there's huge overlap in these signaling pathways Uh, da, 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 da. Where were we? SARS-CoV-2 seems to interact with and manipulate mitochondria in order to hijack and evade mitochondria-mediated immune response for its own replication and survival. In this effort, SARS-CoV-2 may induce mitochondrial impairment, mitochondria-mediated oxidative stress, and mitochondrial damage through mitochondrial membrane depolarization, mitochondrial permeability. <laughs> Stupid pot links, go away. Um... <laughs> Fuck you! Can't... Just not touch the mouse, maybe. Uh, where were we? I've lost my space now. Furthermore, the virus prevents mitophagy by blocking the binding of P62 and microtubule-associated protein 1A1B light chain, thereby hindering viral RNA breakdown. Finally, mitochondria aid the antiviral immune response by allowing the release of pro-inflammatory cytokines. ACE2 has been suggested to regulate mitochondrial function and it its expression is decreased when SARS-CoV-2 S protein binds to ACE2 on microglia cells, causing ATP reduction and activating of the ROS-generating enzyme NADPH oxidase. The ensuing increase in ROS production and oxygen consumption may lead to neuroinflammation and loss of neighbor dopaminergic neurons. And, you know, I'll just remind folks... Uh, that would go a long way to explaining that data. I'll be uh, waiting, waiting to see if it's maintained during 2023. Um, no, not that paper. Uh, let's see. Um, combine a few different papers together into a mix and see what it spits out um yeah i mean i don't mind doing that but um I, you know it's it's just polite to uh <laughs> for scientists that go to the effort of writing something at least to read what they've what they've done all right so church Reppy in the house good to see you bro um Let's see, Karma Doc says creepy. Um, that's what GW been talking about with anthrax. Um, I'm not sure what that means. That's what GW been talking about with anthrax. George Webb. Oh. Um, okay. Let's see. And what blocks the IL-6 pathway and treats microglia, low-dose naltrexone. Interesting. All right. Um, I'm praying certain types of mushrooms can fix at least some of these issues. Um, yeah, I mean, do what you can. Like I say, I'm an advocate for um, don't don't sit passively. Um, the but it's, it's you want to sort of temper expectations as well, somewhat, and 
the you know when you get into those chronically inflamed states it's a job to get yourself out of them particularly if you've been um less than kind to your meat sack uh, let's see chaga and agaricon good place to start there you go um i'm on it karma trying everything i can okay um All right, so endoplasmic reticulum stress has been linked to neurodegenerative disease, including PD, uh, ER homeostasis disruption, and extended ER stress lead to misfolded protein accumulation may stimulate particular pro-apoptotic pathways through the activation of the transcription factor CEBP homologous protein, CHOP, and cysteine protease caspase. Growing evidence suggests that SARS-CoV-2 proteins interact with the ER compartment may induce ER stress. SARS-CoV-2 open reading frame 8 is capable of inducing ER stress by triggering the activating transcription factor ATF6 and excuse me, inositol-requiring enzymes, uh, the branches of the ER stress pathway, potentially leading to alpha-syn accumulation. Aside from initiating apoptotic pathways, ER stress is a powerful stimulator of NF-kappa-B activation and inflammatory gene transcription. SARS-CoV-2 also appears to activate NF-kappa-B, causing inflammation, possibly through ER stress or via interaction with the non-structural protein NSP5. Notably, NF-kappa-B is a crucial transcription factor that regulates inflammation and dopaminergic neuron loss in PD patients. Hence, deregulation of this signaling pathway has been linked to PD onset and pathology by favoring alpha-syn accumulation, aggregation, and spreading oxidative stress-induced neuron apoptosis, neuroinflammation, and dopaminergic neuron loss. When... Oh, these fucking hot links, man. <laughs> you just have to brush them and the pop-ups come up. When aggregation and deposition of misolded alpha-syn elicit dopaminergic neuron loss, protein degradation systems come to the rescue. The ubiquitin proteasome system and the autophagy lysosomal pathway are important protolytic symptom, uh, systems in neurons and critical for refolding or elimination of misfolded proteins. Therefore, they play a significant role in cellular homeostasis. Impairment or even failure of these systems may contribute to PD pathogenesis and progression. SARS-CoV-2 virulent components, such as ORF proteins, seem to modify autophagy formation and function, leading to SARS-CoV-2-induced autophagy disruption and potentially neuron damage. Specifically, ORF3A was shown to impede autophagosome-lysosome fusion and ALP formation by interacting directly with VPS39 subunit of the homotypic fusion and protein shorting complex. There you go. <laughs> now look, man, um, all those uh, <laughs> nouns and adjectives, <laughs> scientific descriptions, um, I, would, I would have to go and look where in the metabolic pathways they're, they're all... Um, playing a part i don't i don't have a um immediate knowledge of these particular factors and again you get i, I keep saying this you could do a, a phd on each one of these proteins and their pathways it's so complex down at that level so if you're not getting it right don't worry <laughs> even i'm struggling 
when trying to think down at, at these uh, at these levels. So um, take take comfort in that. Uh, where were we? Furthermore, another study found that ORF7A protein stimulates autophagy. Uh, it also limits AL fusion progression by downregulating the SNAP2019 protein via caspase-free activation, providing a mechanism through which SARS-CoV-2 uses the autophagic system to facilitate its serine, threonine, UNC51-like kinase and prevent ALK1 ATG13 complex formation. ALK1 is an upstream autophagy orchestra which phosphorylates key regulatory proteins in the autophagosome formation. In this regard, ULK1 cleavage is expected to completely inhibit the ALP function due to lack of autophagosome formation. So basically what, what, what this is saying is, is that under normal circumstances when a, a, a cell reaches the end of its normal life cycle, uh, it, it basically commits um, harry-carry. And the peptides of SARS-CoV-2 are, are preventing that from happening. Now, why would it want to prevent that from happening? Well, because it wants to hijack the cellular machinery in this particular instance, and so it can um, produce the peptides that it requires to um, cause... Hello, big boy. What's up? What you got there? Fan. Um, it's been outside. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where was I? Interestingly, SARS-CoV-2 papain-like protease has been identified to directly cleave serine threonine UNC51-like kinase and prevent ULK1 ATG13 complex formation. ULK1 is an upstream autophagy orchestra which phosphorylates key regulatory proteins in autophagosome formation. In this regard, ULK1 cleavage is expected to completely inhibit the ALP function due to lack of autophagosome formation. Evidently, autophagy is crucially involved in the regulation of the antiviral immune response. The striking correlation between SARS-CoV-2-induced aberrant inflammation and the observed autophagy defects suggests that the virus-induced cytokine storm could be mediated by the failure of autophagy mechanisms to maintain cellular homeostasis. Overall, SARS-CoV-2 seems to interfere and disrupt several host cellular and molecular pathways involved in proper neuronal functions, potentially promoting PD pathogenesis. And they give a little... A little picture and we get to go how long is this paper <laughs> fucking long <laughs> all right so we're getting to the point of their paper which is exosomes all right so uh, the diverse role of exosomes in viral infection and neurogenerative disease um now, again, this is why I think you had clowns like Kaufman in there seeding the vocabulary with uh, a shitty understanding of what exosomes are right at the beginning of this war. And we're still recovering from the damage that they've done as people just, th people just think, oh, exosomes, <laughs> We can ignore it then, and that is not the uh, not the case. Uh, 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 
let's see, JNJH says, the globalists in the NWO are putting the COVID vaccine in your food. Do this ASAP. Visit the news 67 blogspot. Um, yeah, uh, again, this is, you know, you've got to be very, very careful about what it is that you're going to be putting into your body, right? That they, they got a whole bunch with uh, the shot but they, they've got to still keep messing with food. This idea that they can orchestrate the immune response in, in, a, in a controlled fashion in this manner is, is complete absurdity. And, but the problem is, is that's where money and control lies. And so they'll, they'll pursue that avenue. George Webb is talking about anthrax infected with coronavirus. Is he? <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting snowed behind with stuff then, obviously, because I haven't seen that. Um, where was I? Where was I? I wanted to do this. Right. So uh, Mike Wick says cellular senescence. Cellular senescence equals zombie cells. Zombie cells equals immortal cell lines. Uh, kind of. Hello, big boy. What you got there? Got like an ultraviolet light. Where'd you get that? Oh. It's rainbow. It's rainbow. Nice. And look, I got a cat keychain. Nice. What's that on there? Two little kitty cats. Yeah. Nice. You're going to put that on your bag. Did you go for a walk, sweetheart? Yeah. Where'd you go? Shops. I know. Which shops did you go to? 100. Oh, 100 yen shop. Nice. Hey, that, 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 can you hold on to this? Can I hold on to it? Yes. Hey, okay. Can you hold on to it? Uh, okay. Okay. Now look at it. I'm looking at it. Okay. What? Oh, it changed color. You got a remote control with it. Cool. And and also look at this. Nice. And also mode. First the mode, and then it turns rainbow. Nice. I don't, I don't know what multicolor does, but it does this. I bet. I think you could do this. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool, big boy. Also, I thought you didn't like rainbow. Um, that's Daddy just doesn't like the homos. That's all. Kitty. It's not in focus. There you go. Like kitty. Yeah, kitty. Wait, right here looks so cool. <laughs> in the dark, yeah, I'm sure it does, big boy. I, I also bought this to make to uh, chill. To chill. You've got some chill out lights. Nice. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Exosomes are one of three main subtypes of extracellular vesicles, microvesicles, exosomes, and apoptotic bodies secreted by the cells. They are secreted from the majority of cell types and can also be isolated from body fluids such as saliva, plasma, serum, serum urine, CSF, etc. Exosomes contain cell-specific cargoes of proteins, lipids, DNAs, and coding, non-coding RNAs from the donor cells that can be preferentially delivered to targeted recipient cells. They represent a recently discovered mode of intercellular communication that may play a major role in many cellular processes in both physiological and pathological conditions. Exosomes are extracellular vesicles with a cup-shaped appearance in transmission electron microscopy and size ranging from 30 to 150 nanometers. 
Exosomes emerge from the endosomal compartment following a series of events starting with the inward budding of the plasma membrane that gives rise to the early endosome. Then budding and modification of the limiting membrane of endosomes leads to formation of intraluminar vesicles whose accumulation produces late endosomes or large multivesicular bodies. Multivesicular bodies can either fuse with the plasma membrane and release ILVs as exosomes in the extracellular space or with lysosomes where ILV cargo will be degraded. Biogenesis of ILVs, trafficking of MVBs and secretion of exosomes are mainly regulated by endosomal sorting complexes required for transport. And again, it's this fundamental pathway that they think that... that can, you, right. can you open this? Can I open it? Sure. Yeah, I can't really open it. I also got this from 100 Yen Shop. Me, we, mommy, Jack and... Anytime, and I uh, went on a walk with mummy. Nice, nice. There you go, big boy. Oh, do, wait, do you have these? Daddy has some like that, yeah. Oh, but is it hard to put on each? Um, it depends how big your ears are. <laughs> Those kids are going to be based as fuck. I fucking hope so. <laughs> no Globo Homo for my kids. Uh. Hang on, let's just uh, see, if I can, see if I can get some motivation from the uh, tip jar to see if anyone's uh, run shekels away. This is, I mean, it's a very interesting paper. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, uh, I've earned uh, enough for today. <laughs> I've already given that to Simon. Okay. That ble bleeds me dry. <laughs> All right, where was I? Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Um, MVBs, yeah, we did that. Uh, biogenesis of ILVs, trafficking of MVBs, secretion of exosomes are mainly regulated by endosomal sorting complexes required for transport. The, well, we'll just call it escort machinery, consists of a set of cytosolic protein complexes that become attracted to endosomes by membrane proteins usually tagged with ubiquitin. These multi-subunit protein systems is essential for membrane remodeling and cargo sorting of MVBs, although some studies find that ILVs are also formed in the absence of escort machinery. With the enzyme uh, sphingomyelinase and tetraspanin proteins such as CD9, CD63 and CD81 playing a pivotal role. When exosomes reach the target cell, they can be internalized through specific endocytotic mechanisms, fused directly with plasma membrane or bind to cellular surface receptors. Exosomal surface indicators such as tetraspanins, CD9, CD63, CD81, ALG2 interacting protein, X, Alex for short, uh, tumor susceptibility gene 101 protein, GSG 101, and escort proteins have all been identified and used to characterize exosomes in vitro and in vivo. Because of their varied cellular origin, exosomal biomolecular composition is highly heterogeneous, bearing characteristics from both surface proteins and the cargo of their donor cells. For example, neuron-derived exosomes are characterized by the presence of L1 cell adhesion molecule, uh, the L1-CAM surface exosomal marker, highly expressed in neurons. Furthermore, their biocompatibility, bilayered lipid structure, which shield cargo from degradation, reduce Im immunogenicity, and enable exosomes to pass through major biological membranes, including the blood 
blood-brain barrier. Considering that exosomes can cross the blood-brain barrier and act as fingerprints of their cellular originators, they could be used as CNS biomarkers that can be isolated and recovered from the periphery with minimally invasive techniques. Mm. And we'll see. <laughs> Impact of exosomes in uh, Parkinson's disease. So the usage of exosomes for the removal of accumulated misfolded proteins increases under pathological conditions, particularly in proteinopathies. Specifically, when other cellular clearance systems, such as the proteasome and the ALP, fail to eliminate aggregated amyloidogenic proteins, exosomes come to the rescue. Thus, exosomes have a prominent role in PD as they represent a potential spreading pathway for misfolded proteins, thereby contributing to pathogenesis and also to disease diagnosis through cargo analysis. Yes. I can't really. Look at this. You can't undo it? Yeah, look at this. I can't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Get, wait a second. Because it's, it's got a little tie on it. Look. Oh, is that? So that was a t called a tie. Yeah, I think it's about time you went and got glasses, big boy. The teacher said so. You like daddy? Daddy needs glasses now. Go get some glasses. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, where was I? Oh, we're getting to some interesting parts here. So. The prion-like mode of alpha-synuclein spread lies at the heart of PD pathogenesis as the molecular mechanisms leading to alpha-syn seeding and aggregation remain unknown. Exosomes as key intracellular mediators in the CNS may provide a valuable vehicle. Uh, yes, big boy. How do I plug this in? Um, so you need a headphone extension wire, which was plugged into your computer. I don't know where it is right now. If not, Daddy will have a look around to see if he's got one. But th that won't reach your computer at the moment. Okay. <laughs> the, the look of dismay on his face. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Uh, let's see. Lost my place. Prions, right? We were looking at prions. Yes. Uh, unlike other cell-to-cell -cell transmission mechanisms, such as non-classical exocytosis or transport via nanotubules, exosomes can mediate alpha-syn transfer over long distances. The oligomeric form of alpha-syn is thought to be toxic form causing neuronal death. Danza and colleagues identified the presence of oligomeric alpha-syn in exosomes from continuous cell lines and primary cells and demonstrated that exosomal alpha-syn is more easily taken up by recipient cells than the free oligomeric form of protein. Other researchers used various in vitro and ex vivo cellular systems to verify the presence of alpha-syn in the exosomes. Considering that loss of dopaminergic neurons is associated with PD progression and worsening of motor symptoms, exosomes generated by alpha-syn-treated microglia exhibited... You found the extension wire? Yes. Okay, you, pl you plug it into the green, the green jack on the back of your PC. Uh, where was I? It's, it's tough reading science with kids around. <laughs> uh, 
So considering the loss of dopaminergic neurons is associated with PD progression and worsening of symptoms, exosomes generated by alpha-syn-treated microglia exhibited a considerably higher neuron apoptosis, apoptosis rate than control exosomes in an in vitro experiment. Exosomes isolated from patients with PD can induce the oligomerization of soluble alpha-synuclein in recipient cells. So in plain speak, again, this is talking about these preenergic mechanisms. And you take this misfolded protein, you package it up into an exosome, and then you start spreading it around sensitive systems. You're going to have you're going to have problems. And we don't we don't have good ways of redressing these these disease mechanisms at, at such a fundamental layer, right? This is right down, this is below viruses and right down into the protein molecular layers. And it's just, it's a job to get in there and, and manipulate without, without causing unforeseen knock-on consequences. And again, this is, this is why this, um, idea that lipid nanoparticles as a, well, particularly with peptides, I, I, like I say, I'm I'm more open to the delivering of small molecules, but peptides, eh, I'm not so sure, man. Or, or the genetic material to make peptides, we don't we don't know where that. We'll, we'll have a good idea where that leads. Uh, da, 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 da. So. Taken together, data from the above mentioned studies suggests that by regulating uptake. Of, and transfer of abnormal alpha-syn to nearby cells, exosomes are key regulators of PD pathogenesis and its spatio-temporal evolution. Aside from trafficking alpha-syn, exosomes interfere in intercellular inflammatory pathways, enhancing the possibility of PD outcomes. There is abundant evidence that neuroinflammation plays a vital role in PD onset and progression. Yes, absolutely. Inflammation is the fire within which all these disease mechanisms begin to emerge or disease phenotypes i should say uh, da, 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 da. Uh, a sound inflammatory response is essential for tissue repair and misfolded protein breakdown but an excessive and delayed inflammatory response can lead to a deregulated neuroinflammatory cycle microglia are considered to be the resident brain macrophages by phagocytizing dead cells and helping with removal of misfolded protein aggregates from the brain, they play an important role in the removal of extracellular alpha-syn species, including exosome-contained protein. At the same time, microglia could be activated by exosomal alpha-syn and elicit an immu immunological response with the release of pro-inflammatory cytokines, resulting in dopaminergic neuron death. And for every time they're saying alpha-syn, you can replace that with a whole bunch of other peptides as well, including uh, amyloid. Uh, da, da, da. In addition to their well-established role in neuroinflammation, microglia appear to be involved in intercellular spreading of neurotoxic alpha-syn. Furthermore, exogenous introduction of human alpha-syn preformed fibrils into primary microglial cell cultures stimulates the release of alpha-syn-containing exosomes, which were fully capable of inducing protein aggregation in recipient neurons. This release of alpha-syn following PFF treatment could be an effort to monitor and control intracellular levels of misfolded protein, possibly attributed to the deregulation of the ALP pathway in microglia. 
Autophagic activity impairment and lysosome dysfunction have been previously correlated to increased release of exosomes from neuronal cells and to exosomes mediated alpha sign spread and transmission. Recent advances concerning immunosenescence studies its dissemination on tissue level via exosomes. Specifically, cell level stressors may induce a pro-inflammatory phenotypic shift in afflicted cells and subsequently this shift may be communicated via specific exosomal cargo in the para- and juxtacrine manner. Notably, interferon-responsive genes and proteins such as the IFITM free protein may be loaded during such transmissions representing a tissue level signal of inflammation depending on the cargo and cell of origin exosomes may conversely ameliorate the sasp thereby ablating uh, abating inflammation exosomes as biomarkers in pd diagnosis Today, diagnosis of PD depends on the clinical manifestations of the disease and is determined by the presence of motor symptoms. PD diagnosis may be difficult, especially in early pre-symptomatic stages due to the absence of motor symptoms. Hence, a low clinical diagnostic accuracy rate in preclinical phase has been reported. The usage of exosomal cargo as a potential biomarker or early indicator of PD pathology and progression has piqued great interest. Notably, exosomal alpha-syn has been proposed as a potential biomarker for PD in multiple studies. She and colleagues found that CNS-derived exosomal alpha-syn was considerably higher in PD patients than in controls, and it had a significant relationship with disease severity. Similarly, a longitudinal investigation revealed that alpha-syn levels in neuronal exosomes were significantly higher in patients with early-stage PD compared to control groups, and that higher alpha-syn levels were linked to the progression of motor impairment. Another study found that levels of CNS-derived exosomal alpha-syn were lower in early-stage PD patients compared to individuals with essential tremor and the control group. In salivary EVs from PD patients, it was demonstrated that absolute levels of alpha-syn oligomers and the ratio of alpha-syn oligomers over total alpha-syn were increased compared to healthy controls, indicating they could be used as diagnostic biomarkers. Mean levels of neuron-derived exosomal alpha-syn have been proposed to distinguish PD from other cases of atypical Parkinsonism neurodegenerative diseases, as a twofold increase was observed in patients with preclinical and established PD compared to other etiologies. And what that means is uh, no French kissing your uh, prodomal uh, Parkinsonian patient <laughs> patient partner. <laughs> that's it. That's that's where this ends up. Is uh, you know if you if you're spreading these prion-like peptides and you know let's say you're wrapping them up in lipids and then they just spread in the environment and that's that's why I talk about them seeding the environment with these uh, prion prion-like peptides. As far as other neurospecific exosomal cargo proteins are concerned, it's been shown that CNS-derived exosomal tau levels were considerably higher in PD patients compared to controls, and notably but not significantly increased compared to those of Alzheimer's patients. Furthermore, levels of clusterin and apolipoprotein You've had enough? Thank you, thank you. Keeping the dot going in a, in a tough, tough, tough fight here. Sally, thank you. Um, where were we? Uh, da, 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 da. 
in addition to misfolded proteins, exosomes serve as a conduit for transport of other RNA species, such as microRNAs. Tomorrow, I'll be speaking with uh, Genovator and Douglas Carp. Um, hopefully about these microRNAs. Exosomal microRNAs regulate gene expression in recipient cells at a post-transcriptional level, thereby interfering with several physiological processes in the CNS, including homeostasis, neuron growth, cell migration, and brain endogenous immunity. Mounting evidence proposed a pivotal role for exosomal miRNAs in neurodegenerative disease, including PD. Firstly, they can inhibit protein synthesis after cellular uptake of exosomes. Secondly, they can directly bind to toll-like receptors and trigger neuroinflammation. And thirdly, they can induce oxidative stress pathways leading to neurotoxicity. Given the diverse role of miRNAs in PD pathogenesis, several studies have focused on their diagnostic value. Gui and colleagues studied the alterations in the miRNA profiles of CSF-derived exosomes from PD patients, finding that 16 exosomal miRNAs were elevated and 11 miRNAs were downregulated in PD in comparison with control groups. Characteristically, MIR1, MIR19B and 3P were identified to be considerably decreased in PD-CSF exosomes. MIR153, oh, there's a whole list there, upregulated. <laughs> Another study in serum exosomes from free PD patients observed a drop in MIR19B expression and elevation of MIR195, MIR24 expression in PD patients compared to healthy controls. Finally, exosomal miRNAs were successfully used to differentially diagnose PD stages from healthy controls, showing that those miRNAs could serve as specific biomarkers, both for early PD detection and PD progression. Exosomes and SARS-CoV-2 infection. Exosomes play a critical role in viral infections. Exosomes and viruses share structural and physiochemical features such as size, shape, biochemical composition and biomolecule transportation pathways within cells. Thus exosomes constitute a new frontier in the realm of viral infections including SARS-CoV-2. A proposed way of viral spreading is via exosomes that contain viral particles or components. In the case of respiratory viruses, several studies showed that viral antigens excuse me, are present in circulating exosomes recovered from lung transplant recipients infected with rhinovirus and respiratory syncytial virus. In SARS-CoV-2 infection, exosomal cargo contains viral proteins or peptide fragments such as the N and S proteins the real amyloidogenic ones, whose presence has been linked to enhanced viral propagation, host immune reaction and induction of a cytokine storm. Babaris and colleagues identified for the first time viral genetic material in the exosomal cargo of COVID-19 patients, suggesting that SARS-CoV-2 may also be using the endocytic pathway to spread. Okay. The Trojan exosome hypothesis in which retroviruses employ exosomes or extracellular vesicles to penetrate host cells, boost viral propagation and elude the immune response was introduced by Gould and colleagues and was later supported by several reports. In SARS-CoV-2 infection, the virus uses multiple steps to achieve entry into the host cell, including ACE2-mediated receptor binding and transmembrane serine proteases. Uh, recent data revealed that EVs carry and transfer ACE2 between different types of cells. This led to the development of a competitive inhibitory therapy against SARS-CoV-2 in which ACE2-expressing EVs compete for SARS-CoV-2 S-protein S1 domain, limiting viral infection. 
Exosomes released during viral infection contain inflammatory markers that cause a strong inflammatory response, acting as pathogen-related molecular patterns, thereby enhancing pathogenicity. For example, exosomal CD9 has been shown to be involved in the route for EV-mediated viral transmission by speeding up lentiviral infection and improving transduction effectiveness in B and T lymphocytes. In addition, CD9 cooperates with TMPRSS2 to cleave viral fusion glycoproteins, thus facilitating the entry of coronavirus, such as MERS-CoV, into lung cells. These findings suggest that CD9 and other exosomal tetraspanins could facilitate SARS-CoV-2 infection. Proteomic analysis of plasma-derived exosomal cargo from COVID-19 patients revealed that circulating exosomal proteins are strongly correlated pathological procedures leading to COVID-19 tissue damage, such as immune hyperactivation, coagulopathy induction and inflammation, uh, monosylidihexacyl ganglioside GM-free enriched exosomes are positively connected with disease severity in COVID-19 cases. SARS-CoV-2-related exosomal cargo and its potential roles in post-COVID-19 Parkinsonism and PD pathogenesis. I hope we're getting towards the end here. <laughs> How long is this going on? Uh, about another 45 minutes, I would say. All right. So, given the established role of exosomes, both in pathophysiological neuronal processes and PD development and progression, as well as their emerging significance in SARS-CoV-2 infection and propagation, we believe that cascading from SARS-CoV-2 infection to post-COVID-19 Parkinsonism and possibly PD onset via exosomal cargo should be at the research forefront. The putative role of SARS-CoV-2-related exosomal cargos in the development of viral Parkinsonism and or pathogenesis are outlined and described in the next two paragraphs. Exosomal cargo and induction of post-COVID-19 neuroinflammation. Following COVID-19 recovery and viral clearance, exosomes could be at the centre of neuroinflammatory crossroads. Experimental studies in other several systemic inflammatory conditions such as obesity and rheumatoid arthritis have outlined a strong relationship between peripheral systemic inflammation and neuroinflammation. Exosomes could operate as physical bridges between these two conditions since they can traverse the blood-brain barrier. In vivo proof of exosomes acting as neuroinflammatory mediators under systemic inflammation conditions has recently been obtained, specifically in a mouse model that received serum-derived exosomes from lipopolysaccharide-challenged mice, brangliosis, CNS expression of pro-inflammatory cytokine, mRNA, and inflammation-associated MIR-155 were all increased. In addition, exosomes generated by peripheral immune cells, such as activated monocytes and macrophages, were shown to be taken up by neurons and astrocytes, resulting in pathological cargo dissemination and neurotoxicity. Serum exosomes from PD patients revealed increasing levels of interleukin-1 and TNF-alpha inflammatory mediators in comparison with the control group, while intravenous or intrastriatal administration of PD exosomes to mice induced alpha-syn aggregation, microglia activation, and neurodegeneration of dopaminergic neurons, leading to a worsening of motor symptoms. Conversely, exosomes containing pro-inflammatory cytokines such as IL-1 can effectively be shed by glial cells. This glia-derived insidious exosomal cargo can spread to neurons, contributing to a vicious cycle of neuroinflammation and neurodegeneration, a phenomenon further associated with older age. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just the old folks that are getting to get a good wallop in now. 
let's say you've all been exposed to these mechanisms right now and people people should i know i know covid fatigue is a thing and like you just want to put it behind you but this is this is the level at which they were thinking and planning on attacks and incapacitation through neurodegeneration is is a-okay with them <laughs> it sits in that gray zone The presence of inflammatory mediators in exosomes derived from SARS-CoV-2 infected cells could potentially enhance the model of neuroinflammation and ensuing neurodegeneration via peripheral systemic inflammation, possibly promoting a cellular milieu that favours PD development and progression mechanisms. Exosomal analysis from COVID-19 patients revealed high levels of tenacin C, fibrinogen B, beta, sorry, compared to controls. Both TNC and FGB Induce release of pro-inflammatory cytokines via NF-kappa B signaling, leading to the presence of Truman necrosis factor, IL-6, and chemokine CCL5 upon exposure of hepatocytes to exosomes from COVID-19 patients. In this regard, a potential window of inflammatory insults to distant tissues should be examined. Yeah, so what are they saying there? That, so say, say the liver becomes inflamed, which is quite quite feasible right it's the major organ for blood detoxification that when it's inflamed the the exosomes that are packaging up all these cytokines and um triggers for for inflammation can make their way to the to the brain and i just i don't think that there's a good well thought out mechanism of trying to intervene at that level i just don't and and getting down there with lipid nanoparticles synthetic lipid nanoparticles it's just a recipe for disaster furthermore an in vitro study demonstrated the ectopic expression of sars-cov-2 s protein in hec 293 t cells generated a large number of exosomes highly loded with MIR148A and MIR590. These exosomal miRNAs decrease gene expression of ubiquitin-specific peptidase, a deubiquitinase enzyme stabilizer of its target protein and of interferon regulatory factor 9. They also deregulated the USP33RIRF9 network following their internalization in human microglia cells. IRF9 had been previously identified as a protective functional protein in CNS homeostasis, and its absence could result in severe neurological damage in glial-cultured cells due to interferon alpha-mediated overexpression of interferon gamma-like genes. And well, I'm, I'm just thinking about ways to interact with this level. So you'd want to use biology as the... Force amplifier, I guess, and this is this is why I think that the stem cell growth factors, if you can afford them, could be a potentially beneficial um, strategy to go, to go for because you're going to get a whole suite of um, growth and um, I don't want to say non-inflammatory, but um, factors involved with triggering the the inverse of disease which is growth and stabilization 
um but it it's it's an expensive um therapy right now ah uh, let's see Apart from that, exosomes recovered from plasma of COVID-19 patients revealed the presence of S-protein-derived fragments fully capable of inducing the immune system response. And what do we see with people who are vaccinated? We see the exosomes studded with spike protein. And we'll make the presumption that there's the RNA in there as well. All, all focusing in on these pathways. I think it's been very deliberately targeted. Evidently, exosomes from patients with mild disease severity exhibited high amounts of MHC class 2 antigen-presenting protein able to interact with CD4 T-cells and boost their proliferation and activation. MHC overexpression, CD4 activation, and invasion of the CNS can all cause interferon-mediated phagocytic conversion of brain myeloid cells. The ensuing neuroinflammation and dopaminergic neuron loss in the substantia nigra pars compacta could conceivably lead to a PD phenotype. Neuroinflammation mediated by host regulatory factors may also be conferred by SARS-CoV-2 manipulated exosomes. High-mobility group box HMGB1 is a nuclear protein involved in several CNS procedures such as inflammation, apoptosis and autophagy regulation. Elevated levels of HMGB1 in serum and CSF from PD patients has been observed. Notably, inhibition of HMGB1 has been shown to reduce microglia-mediated neuroinflammation, neuron dopaminergic loss and progression of PD pathology in PD animal models. Neurofilament light chain levels are a protein indicator of axonal damage and serve as a biomarker for several neurodegenerative diseases, including PD. At the same time, it's been suggested that NFL levels may potentially reflect neuroinflammatory processes, leading to neurodegeneration in the early stages of multiple sclerosis development. Analysis of the axosomal cargo of neuron-derived extracellular vesicles isolated from post-COVID-19 patients with or without neurological symptoms showed high levels of HMGB1 and NFL compared to the control group, thereby implicating SARS-CoV-2 infection in the regulation of the two pro-PD development factors. Ah, the periphery, exosomes, CNS, axis as a promoter of post-COVID-19 Parkinsonism and PD development. Loaded with SARS-CoV-2 components and RNA, as well as virally induced neuroregulatory molecules, exosomes are fully capable of accessing hard-to-reach neuroanatomical areas. <laughs> Which applies directly to uh, the gene transfection shots as well. Areas such as the olfactory bulb, the hypothalamus, the DMV, and the brainstem. A possible route allowing access to exosomes traveling long distance from peripheral tissues that are prime sites of infections, such as the intestines and the lungs to the brain, could be through retrograde axonal transport from peripheral nerves. In that case, SARS-CoV-2-related exosomes could end up disrupting normal homeostatic molecular mechanisms in brain areas that have been previously associated with PD pathogenesis. Indeed, a COVID-19 post-mortem study detected major neurological damage, but only low levels of SARS-CoV-2 RNA in the brains of expired patients. 
Furthermore, cortical accumulation of total alpha-SYN was observed following viral eradication in a SARS-CoV-2 intranasally infected hamster model without any indication of inflammation and neurodegeneration. Again, that's uh, indicative of the fundamental layer at which these molecules are operating. So it's able to get into the brain and bypass what would be a sure you you could trigger an inflammatory response with large peptide amalgamations like a virus for example but once you start getting down into these subcomponents and they're wrapped in lipid uh you, especially your body's own lipids they can go anywhere and everywhere and it and it comes down to how toxic those peptide fragments are Extending the BRAC hypothesis, one could argue that any neurological sequelae and neuropathological outcomes observed in COVID-19 survivors may emerge both directly due to virus-exerted effects and indirectly through molecular and neuroinflammatory mediators carried by SARS-CoV-2-related exosomes remaining in circulation even after elimination of the virus. And what do we know about the vaccines? Is that they stay and... Um, are pumping out spike protein for at least, well, potentially up to six months, right? That's that's where we've got study markers to at the moment. And this... People's lack of vision in thinking down at, at the, that these disease mechanisms could be um, at play and can be weaponized is um, incredibly frustrating to me. But here we are. Uh, let's see. The neurological consequences of SARS-CoV-2 infection, according to Ahmed and colleagues, could be attributed at least in part to exosomal mRNA and transcriptional factors carried from the lungs to the brain areas. These exosomal transcription factors have the ability to regulate cellular gene expression transcriptionally and induce neuronal alterations consistent with imminent neurodegeneration. Among 19 exosomal TFs found overexpressed during the acute phase of SARS-CoV-2 infection, BCL3, JUND, MXD1, IRF2, IRF9, and STAT1 were observed to activate genes associated with PD pathogenesis in strategic areas of the brain, such as the medial and lateral substantia nigra and the superior frontal gyrus region. These genes are implicated in a variety of physiological activities, including signal transduction, neurone death, and immunological surveillance. Evidently, their TF-mediated dysregulation could contribute to neurodegeneration and PD pathology. For example, STAT1 triggers microglia activation and dopaminergic neurons autophagy under hypoxia, including COVID-19 manifested hypoxia. <clears throat> six months? I thought it was two weeks. Yeah, they're, they're, they're tracking it out to six months now. And again, pe people that are, oh, sorry, that, that are ignoring this level of um, intricacy in these disease-causing mechanisms it's just it's insane to me insane and there there is there is no way under under any circumstances especially in hindsight that they should have been pursuing therapies along along this line and just mass 
mass infecting people because everything that I'm saying here with relation to neurodegeneration maps onto cancers as well. Chronic disease states. Exosomes may be further implicated in the association between SARS-CoV-2 and PD via the transfer of protein expression regulators from the periphery through the blood-brain barrier and into the CNS. It has been suggested that such factors could interact with proteins that are highly expressed in the CNS and are linked to PD. A relevant study demonstrated that 24 host lung proteins were subjected to post-translational modifications by SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins. Then they were taken up and transported out of the lungs into the CNS by exosomes leading to local disruption of protein-protein interactions. Finally, recent studies have verified the presence of SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins in brain-derived exosomes, potentially enhancing their role in SARS-CoV-2 propagation and pathogenicity. Indeed, cargo profiling of neuron-derived extracellular vesicles and astrocyte-derived extracellular vesicles recovered from the plasma of COVID-19 patients revealed significantly higher levels of critical SARS-CoV-2, S1 and N proteins. In all, COVID-19-affected subgroups compared to controls, notably mean ADEV and NDEV levels of M protein could be used to distinguish the groups of patients who develop long COVID with neuropsychiatric manifestations from the long COVID group without such complications and the recovered COVID-19 patients without long COVID. Furthermore, SARS-CoV-2 spike protein-derived fragments were found to be efficiently exhibited in exosomes from recovered patients who had previously suffered from both mild and severe COVID-19. In vitro investigations have demonstrated that DMV neurons are vulnerable to oxidative stress and that oxidative stress enhances intracellular alpha-syn propagation. SARS-CoV-2 could exploit inflammatory exosomal cargo to induce oxidative stress in the DMV, facilitate alpha-syn aggregation, and eventually promote post-COVID-19 Parkinsonism through SARS-CoV-2 S and M proteins. Now, I want to say that um, I, I, I saw a report where they were thinking of putting the N protein RNA into the vaccines as well. That would, that would be a gargantuan mistake right now. This hypothesis could be supported by the fact that both viral proteins have been shown to increase total alpha-syn and phosphorylation at serine 129 levels, speed up the ability of endogenous alpha-syn to form amyloid fibrils, and ultimately induce Lewy body-like pathology. Collectively, it is possible that exosomal presence of these viral proteins illuminates connecting routes linking COVID-19 to PD, given that SARS-CoV-2 viral components persist in exosomes during the acute and potentially the post-COVID-19 phase. One could reasonably hypothesize that COVID-19-related exosomal cargo could act as a neurodegenerative promoter and probable elicitor of Parkinsonism manifestation. Now, I'm, I'm about done with uh, this paper. It's just their conclusion and um, I've been sort of summing it up as we go along. And again, this is, I want people to try to um, in envision how we could end up with a behavioral marker like this and how we could have made it potentially far, far worse by <laughs> leveraging the same mechanisms. 
taking a lipid nanoparticle with toxic RNA and expression products and systemically injecting it into people and then having people continually be exposed in an environment where we're seeing this immune escape of this prion-inducing um, pathogen. It's fucking insane. It's an insane level of weapons development that you, you're, seeing, you're seeing being deployed, in my professional opinion. And... This is, well, I don't know where it ends up. What can I say? Um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, that was actually a very um, interesting paper. Um, In-depth, technical, and, you know, all, all the peptides that they're mentioning there, I, I'm not familiar with them. I haven't worked with them on a sort of daily basis. But the the overarching theme that this secretion pathways via exosomes where you don't need the full viral particle you just need peptide sequences and the genetic material to seed the environment such that you can tilt the odds of your uh, in your favor if you're the virus or the pathogen such that you can tilt the odds in your favor that you'll get more replicative copies out this is why it's so inane when Dimwit Gooey just keeps talking about, oh, God, look, you just see uh, you see so many other little bits of the virus, but only so many replication competent. Well, of course, because you want to give yourself the, the best chance before the body's disease fighting mechanisms kick in to go and take out the, the, the motherships, if you like. <laughs> like I said, to be taking codon optimized RNA that doesn't break down and then seeding it into people is fucking bananas and I think what you're looking at on the screen there is the consequences and maybe maybe it will bounce back you know there's I can tell you this from Parkinsonian studies you can take the monkey down but if you care for it enough and you get it through the acute phases it will recover some function It'll never get back to normal, but, you know, there's there's a shift. But right now, I mean, this, this data's up to 2022. We're only just into 2023. I find it hard to imagine that such a radical change from such a large patient cohort would change so much. Um... Uh, can't stop the meme says Shalom Goyim, transgenderism, abortion, pederasty, ancient Talmudic practices modified for modern consumption. Um, thank you for that link. Uh, give me something to watch afterwards. Um, I think I'm done for today. Let me just see if anyone else has sent a uh, dono. Jim Pat says, sent a few BTC pennies for your roof. Well, in that case. Uh, Juban Pat, you may have uh, a new, the new full on drip, full on drip for uh, <laughs> restoring. We will restore the Arab Chad to uh, his rightful place. Where's it gone? I can't find it now. <laughs> uh, I've got to get it on a trigger. There it is. All right, let's do this. Do this. خمس ملايين وستمائة ألف متطوع مدني هذا احتياط الجيش أدري مليون ونص جيش 40 ألف 60 ألف فدائي 
يدخل يعني واحد بس بالفدائيين هذول يمكن فدائيين حرب عصابات اقاتل الكره الارضيه كلها 20 سنه Brilliant. All right, folks, I'm out of here. And uh, yeah, you can keep this stream as a sort of reference stream. And uh, yeah, tell Bear Brain to come and uh, debate the actual science with me. And uh, that slack soldiered gimp won't do it, I can assure you. So um, we'll keep, we'll just keep ripping the piss out of him from now on. We'll ramp up the uh, Owen Benjamin uh, ship posting. All right, uh, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. I will see you in the next one. You don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that whole line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these peppers. I will fucking kill each fucking pepper. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these peppers. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws you in my fucking blood, man. Never. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking fees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. All that's fine. This guy. Check 45,000. 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 Check 45,000